When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This time on Those Conspiracy Guys, we cover the mother of all conspiracies, the creation of the earth, the spawning of our species, the construction of our civilization, the extermination of life on this planet and the end of everything we know. Pretty heavy, right? We're talking about Nibiru, the hypothesized rogue planet on the outskirts of our solar system. For years, pseudoscientists have discovered and written about the existence of an extra member of our planetary family. Nibiru, or Planet X, with its suspected elliptical orbit, is on course to swing by the Earth every 3,600 years, and with it bring a slew of natural phenomena and cataclysmic mass extinction events, which have been attributed to the creation of our planet as we know it, and all life on Earth. Supposed home of the Anunnaki, an ancient alien race of mythological proportions, Rumoured to be the geneticists of our species and the Promethean creators of Homo sapiens as a slave race to do their bidding. Rumoured to live for thousands of years, these alien godheads have been represented all throughout every civilization of man and all recorded history. And they are said to be the inspiration behind many of the religions of today, as well as most recorded versions of mythology and folklore. They are also accused of being the overlords responsible for our oppressive capitalistic modern society and the absentee father figure responsible for our eventual destruction. Is it probable that there is no missing link and that we descend from a genetically modified bipedal hominid devised by alien scientists in an attempt to utilise us as a slave species? Could the movement of this celestial body be influencing many of the destructive weather patterns that appear to have risen over the last decade? Does the advent of the appearance of Nibiru in the night sky signal the end times for our species as we know it and the beginning of the fabled fifth age of Earth? Could discoveries of a 26 million year extinction cycle be foreshadowing the evidence that the passing of Nibiru has happened many times in the various incarnations of Earth as a planet? And even be responsible for the terraforming of our home with a massive celestial collision? Or could it be the muted warblings of some underappreciated fringe pseudoscientists feeding into the collective subconscious need for a post-apocalyptic world and a global reset button for society. It's Prometheus Meets Independence Day, and possibly the largest topic we've ever discussed. Folks, get ready for Planet X and the beginning of the end. This time on Those Conspiracy Guys, Nibiru and the Anunnaki. So this time it's uh, Nibiru. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Uh, yeah, thanks Hello. for joining us. We're uh, we're back again. Uh, this time it's 
one of the big ones. One this of the, is huge. The tent poles, the cornerstones, whatever you want to call it. This is a big hitter in the conspiracy world. This is the talk of Nibiru, of a rogue planet uh, that comes through with cataclysmic uh, events causing our planet to be destroyed. Well, our civilization to be destroyed to a certain degree. And that this planet may even be the home of an alien species that created us. Yeah, this is... The, the home of the gods. Yeah, this is a deep one. This is where we we, we're, we have a bit of them in us as well. Yeah, as we grow, uh, a little bit of them up us. A bit of them up us. Yeah, this is a it's it's a big one. It's a huge one. It's something we've mentioned before in the Zachariah Sitchin episode. It's, yeah, uh, we we've talked about this already. The Anunnaki and Nibiru, like to say that this planet was the building blocks had held the building blocks of humans as we know them would be an understatement. Mm-hmm. I mean. According to these guys, there's evidence all through history that this was definitely the case. I don't know if it is. We'll find out. It's Hard to say. On, I'm guessing. Yeah, but uh, let's jump straight into the science of it yeah. all and talk about like, there rogue... is science to it though. Like it's not yeah, just are... like some guy smoked a load of opium and just went. I believe that this thing is a thing and there's stuff and now I don't know why Bill Cosby was doing it. Well, he's he's yeah. not doing much of anything else these days. Is in he? the yeah. solar system man is coming. Like it's a bit. Yeah, Bill's got to spread himself thin to make that money now. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to take over Morgan Freeman and the wormhole documentary. He's he's relegated to doing (laughs) shitty conspiracies. (laughs) Well, I never knew there was a new world order. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one black hole I'm interested in, and it belongs to Halle Berry. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that a lady should give her consent. <laughs> that's all. Uh, yeah, that's it. Stop there. The no more said. I got in um, a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a it's a tricky one. But science comes in, and the kind of the shrug shoulders point. Yeah, um, from everything kind of we looked at, they they come in at the point of rogue planets. Oh yeah, that's possible. These guys uh, are considered like science cowboys. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, pretty much by the rest of the scientific community. Like, there's astronomers with telescopes that are looking at the sky going no yeah. no it's not there is there and it's like but there is there's a planet and it's coming and it's like where the fuck yeah if you know where it is tell us where it is so we can look there mm. this is kind of where NASA and the, the Jet Propulsion Labs and uh, observatories around the world are at at the moment which is if it's there tell us where it is because we can't see it yeah and uh, all the satellites out there can't seem to spot it wherever it is but I mean it's still possible they, they say to themselves NASA and the Jet Propulsion Labs say it's possible that this thing still exists and that it's still out there and it's not yet been discovered. Like it's, it's a kind of a thing of uh, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. They can't prove that it's not there, but their space is infinite, so there could be anything out there that's not there. Exactly. All Most scientists hold to the universe's infinite rule, so and yeah. if so, then... It is out there, and there's many of them out there. Which yeah. is unlimited. But of course, then everything. If Christopher Nolan yeah, yeah. has nothing to do with it, it's also known as Murphy's Law, which is anything can happen that will happen, which is a. And it is happening, it will always happen. Which approximation is a, of that law, you know? Yeah, and a spoiler alert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but the idea. No, of, she's called Murphy. Oh, yeah, she We're talking about Interstellar, Murphy. folks. Oh, we're not talking about Murphy Brown? <laughs> oh, sorry, I got confused there for a minute. Uh, but the idea of rogue planets is, is one that's it's not like on the fringes of science. This is mainstream science accepts this as a possibility of a planet with an elliptical orbit. Uh, so if you imagine our solar system, all our planets are orbiting where they're all pretty much equal distance from the sun at all and times. And they stay there. Give or take, and they stay yeah. on that orbit. But the idea of that a planet on an elliptical, kind of an egg-shaped, longer orbit that could come in very tight to the sun and, and fly back out again very far. Yeah. Uh, but it's still... 
gravitationally held to our solar system. Well, the planets that we know of, the, the the set that you learn in primary school, you know, with those acronyms trying to help you remember the order. Movemshnup. Yeah. <laughs> Movemshnup. Yeah. Um, is the, the P still there? Movemshnup. Yeah, it has to have a P or else it doesn't sound it like a real word. Yeah, it sounds it's stupid. Like Jesus. It's been better Or a real planet. Hey, so <laughs> Pluto will always be a real planet for me. Yeah, yeah my favourite planet is Goofy. Yeah. <laughs> and all of those planets are in a set of concentric circles. Hmm. So they go around the sun in their own like set orbits. Yeah. Some of them are a little bit, you know, uh, nice, uh, nice wider. Like they have... You know, you always see them in, and they're always staying in the same order. Yeah. They never overlap or there's no the, weird... The procession of the planets as we know it to be that it holds fairly firm. Yeah. And yeah. we can trust them. And Sarah watches too. This weird rogue planet comes in completely like askew to this yeah. set of concentric circles. So at, not... at any one point when Nibiru, if you look on the... We're going to put a picture of the solar system up on the article on yeah. the website, you know, so you can if see If you've never it. seen it before. If like you've never seen it before. <laughs> it's like a whole set of concentric circles and yeah. then a big arsehole that flies in yeah. from out of like no place out in the solar system yeah. Super and just comes in through circle. all of these like planets paths so it could crack into them any of them at any point anything, yeah. luckily I mean gravity you know it is, it's a marble style we'll try and keep most things away from each other but yeah. uh, there's a chance yeah it could smash into other things and according to some of the the fringe pseudoscientists we spoke of earlier has crashed has. into things. Yeah. And, what what planets has it crashed into, Paul? Well, uh, difficult to say. According to the uh, the Zachariah Sitchins and, and such of the world, there once was a planet, there once was, a planet <laughs> called a Tiamat in yeah. our solar system. Much before there was even an Earth yeah. and a Moon, there was a Tiamat. And it was... And this Tiamat existed between where Mars and Jupiter is now. Yes. Uh, and so one planet back from where we are now, yeah. on the other side of Mars uh, from where we are now. And that was struck... When on one of Nibiru's passings by a moon of Nibiru at the time known as Marduk mm. uh, a name that you hear often in lots of other things uh, but it was this moon of Marduk aka Nibiru that struck Tiamat and then on a second passing around as Tiamat was cleaved in two hit another part that became that pretty much annihilated everything and turned it into the Kuiper belt as we know today yeah. which is an asteroid belt yeah. uh, and left the other part to become the Earth to reform over time into a, into a spherical shape, and, and one the other, Earth and one other little bit came off, and, and one little chunk which, which formed into the moon, of course. Yeah. Uh, and that's essentially why we're here in that kind of golden area that we're in uh, from the sun, not too far from the sun, not too close. That golden area to sustain life only happened because of a giant game of lawn balls <laughs> with Nibiru at it, the time. It, it reminds me of that uh, episode of Red Dwarf when Dave Lister got to had to get drunk and play planetary pool. And he made a fluky shot. Remember that episode? I don't remember that one. No. He hits. He has to hit one planet into another planet, and it goes around the other one and goes into the black hole. So and he's delighted with himself. Yeah, it's very. It's very. It seems really pseudoscience-y. <laughs> yeah. Is this? Is this? Genesis of Earth. What we mean when we say pseudoscience? Yeah. Is that well, accepted there, by? There is a little bit of uh, truth to. Let's suppose for a second that um, it created the asteroid belt. Earth became one planet and the moon sort of shot out and it's like, you know, uh, breaking in snooker or something like that. Exactly, yeah. Everywhere. Um, now, the Earth, in terms of being a spherical shape, isn't actually a spherical shape. It's more that's how it appears to us when we view it. But if you were actually to look at Earth, it's not really globe 
at all. I remember it's not, seeing. Right, it's not round at all. No, it's not round at all. I mean, it looks round when they look at it from the. It's something to do with gravity the, and the atmosphere space. and all that right, sort it bends of stuff. The light coming out of it. And... I'm not sure if it bends the light or if everything needs to be kept in. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, because all the planets look like it's spinning so way. fast that it's it turns circular. Is that what it is? I'm not sure if it's spinning so fast that it turns circular, if it's gravity or the atmosphere or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I know I've seen some sort of scan of what it would actually look like. So the people, without, just, just for people, the uninitiated people listening right now are imagining the Earth as a giant cube. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it's more like <laughs> what a, shape are we talking about? Would we say not a circle? Not it's a more like a shit biscuit. It's a shit. yeah. It's like, like a shitty. It's like if you fire undercooked cookie on a on a plate. Like it's like yeah, fat in the middle and skinny at the sides. And there's all sorts. It's like all right. So like if you manage if you imagine cooking a giant cookie. Yeah. And the middle part of the giant cookie you've cooked, that goes like McVitie's and the expensive cookie companies, and they make the cookies out of those. Mm-hmm. Then the outer ring goes like the shittier sort of places. Yeah. So the outermost ring, that goes to the shittiest cookie-making companies. So this is like where, I don't know, come on, Maryland, oh, so about get them with a glass of milk here. Yeah, that's that. right. They're so dry. <laughs> so they should give you free milk with the them. chocolate's dry. Um, but yeah, the, so the, the outer world is like all sort of angular and gnarly looking. It just looks nice and coin So you're saying the people of the time at the time of Galileo Galilei were right when they said the earth was pretty much flat because it sounds more flat. Oh, than no, I'm not saying earth. flat. I'm just saying it's not. Yeah, we're it's not a more perfect flat circle flat or anything. It's it's a, yeah, we're talking it's about a rounder cookie. Then not a pancakey cookie, more of a round cookie. It's yeah. possible that something could have hit into it, broke off a segment, and this is the segment. Because obviously if something hits it, you're not going to get a perfect like bubble out of it yeah. I, I watched you know a video I mean? of, of Russell Brand commenting on Stephen Fry's interview with Gay Byrne now if you don't well, know who any no, of those people yeah. are and you're listening to this show have you heard of the internet go look it up <laughs> yeah. uh, or Europe yeah so Stephen <laughs> Fry was saying that there is no God and that Gay Byrne asked him if you met God what would you say and he'd go bone cancer in children are you serious <laughs> come on God like Stephen Fry would chastise God which I wouldn't <laughs> expect any less from Stephen Fry yeah. so Russell Brand basically says, like, the chances for all the things to happen, the way they happened to make life the way it is on this planet, even down to the day-to-day coincidences that happen with us, would lend somebody to believe in a God that has a predestined plan for us. Hmm. Like, if the Big Bang happened at, like, a, a, a microsecond a faster rate of expansion the whole universe would just be made out of like plain hydrogen atoms and nothing yeah. would ever be made because it wouldn't get to cool down in the way when it expands like all of those crazily like mm. manipulatable uh, calculations to say yeah. that life existed only because this is the way it happened because yeah. that's God's plan the astronomically know? low like, chance that it would just huge happen huge amounts of random chance like yeah. redon- Like I can't even shout huge so much because it'll hurt your ears listeners about how huge I want to say huge like massive yeah. random chance and that a planet would hit another planet and snooker ball us into the golden zone push Mars back a little bit and possibly be the reason that life on Mars went extinct because we were just like the fat guy that sits in front of you in the cinema and blocks the fucking screen. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were that to Mars and Mars was all like, oh, and dried up, right? Yeah. That another planet hit us and pushed us towards the sun. Like and this is after the initial kind of yeah, this is all big bang. Yeah, like this, it's like so. solar system lottery. Like that shit is bananas. And then and then, not only in the destruction of Tiamat, but also like the genetic 
impregnation of our planet by that planet. Yeah. So it's all like, here's a load of stuff and germs and people and bit of and just slapped into our planet and put all the stuff on it. Like, yeah, but when you start getting like into we like caught the, galactic the, herpes and we and <laughs> humans are the galactic brilliant. herpes. But yeah. when you start getting into the possibilities of life and the chances of life and fucking space and all that, it's all so like, I mean, how do you even gauge that, yeah. quantify that possibility? Because to us, possibility is like, what are the chances I'm going to win the lotto? What are the chances that you know the Earth? But that's calculatable. But imagine the Earth's going to be created. This other planet's going to hit into it. This is going to happen. We're going to flourish as um, a species. Like whatever the chances are, then and then the chances of you winning the lotto on top of that. But it has to happen. Like yeah. it ha- it, whatever does it's happen has to happen. Yeah, so, I mean that's a possibility. So, um, all this happened. This Tiamat cataclysm happened four point seven billion years ago. Mm. So that's where the creation. That's when they can gauge the creation of the Earth um, by examining rocks and like billions of years old formations under the sea to know. Okay, this is how old the Earth is. We don't really know what happened before that. It's even very hard to find out the continental configurations before Gondwanaland or Pangaea or whatever. Like it's it, mm. it's guesswork. They can know like to a certain amount of certainty, but really they don't know how any of that stuff happened. Mm. Was there like civilizations that grew and became as advanced as ours, and then they were all swallowed up by tectonic movements and you know like massive the cataclysmic kind of events you get yeah. if, a, if a planet swung by close enough to us? Absolutely, and Nibiru is tidal waves the size of anything you've ever seen before. Nibiru is totally like hand in hand with this this human love for cataclysm and this like uh, uh, searching for an apocalypse that's going to wipe off the shittiness of our lives and yeah. you know bring us to some like Eden like paradise where we all get to f- ride around fuck anybody we want to and just like you know like in that episode of the Simpsons where the pig jumps over and Homer picks off ready cooked uh, ribs straight yeah. from the stomach and then the pig <laughs> heals and goes thanks Mr. Homer and you know what I mean uh-huh. it's like that's what I anticipate when I think of Nibiru Right. I picture it when Homer was in the land of chocolate. That's weird. Go <laughs> <laughs> picture Homer and Nibiru. But like these scientists, like yeah. they're saying that Nibiru is a thing. Is it a thing? Well, possibly. Do other know. scientists agree? People well, who do actual when we, science. When we talk about the idea of, of rogue planets, we look for precedent, and that will be found with Sedna. Okay. Which is a in two thousand and three, Sedna was discovered. It's a dwarf planet, so it was going to be a gas giant, but didn't have enough mass, and so it turned into a dwarf planet. Uh, and it was discovered as a trans-Neptunian object, okay. which is basically anything that uh, is out past Neptune into the further solar system right. and therefore is uh, affected by the gravity of Neptune okay. in the outer solar system. And this is a thing that uh, astronomers have noticed for up to 200 years is a sort of a wobble in Neptune and um, a strange sort of movement that it's, it's precession that suggests there's some large body further out from it that's affecting it, affecting it that it's pulling on and, it, and it's pulling on it. Uh, as how gravity works. So it's not Uranus. It's not Uranus. Well, it is. It's, it, this wobble has been noticed from all the planets. At first, it was it was thought to be Pluto, but it was discovered. So there's a wobble in Uranus. There may well be. Sorry. There's going to be a lot of Uranus jokes tonight. Yeah, loads. <laughs> I it's thought they were going to change the name of that. What were they going to change that to? Uranus? No, I'm joking. They were going to change it to something else. There's still though. urine in Uranus. There is. <laughs> you can't get away from it. Like... Did you say it was urine in my anus? <laughs> Okay. So this Neptunian Hang on, wobble. hang on, hang on. Who's on first? Uh, so, <laughs> Your Neptunian wobble, yeah? Yeah, so the idea was that, uh, well, at first it was thought that the, the wobble uh, cause in, in certain of the larger gas giants in our solar system was to do with Pluto. Okay. And that it was the pull, when Pluto was first discovered in 1931, a lot of people said, ha that's it. That's the thing that's been pulling on the planets and been causing the wobble. 
that explains everything. Then when Pluto's moon was discovered, we were able to, to work out the general weight and mass of Pluto. And it wasn't very much it, at all. And it wasn't very much at all. And therefore it was declassified It was declassified as a planet and declassified as the possible explanation of this wobble that's happening in the precession of, of Neptune. Essentially, Pluto was deemed the charcoal bit that's left after the fire has gone out and you look at it and it looks like a real piece of coal and then when you pick it up, it's actually super light and crumbly. Yeah. Like, Pluto is the flake chocolate of yeah. planets. But like the Ugly Duckling story... You then take that piece of charcoal and make an incredible picture with it of the you of could. the valley that you're sitting in. But you don't need to be able to do it. Beautiful. You don't be able to do it every like nine thousand years or whatever. That's true. Yeah. But what a fucking painting. <laughs> <laughs> every nine thousand years you get a new one, you'd be fucking What a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. That would have been weird. But uh, that's that's rogue planet theory. And it it seems according to the the scientists out there, highly possible. How come yeah, you haven't seen it or heard about it? Like nineteen thirty, you're looking at like telescopic science like mm. The, the physical construction of lenses and stuff like that obviously was really difficult. Now we have hobbyists that have telescopes that are like eight foot long that they're able to attach a digital DSLR camera to the end of and take pictures of star systems that are millions of light years away. Mm-hmm. And these are lads that are like going to work nine to five and do that at nighttime for the crack. <laughs> like yeah. 1930, yeah. those that that was like the pinnacle of technology to find Pluto and be able to do all that. And 70 or 80 years later, they were found, yeah, well, actually you were dead wrong. Like it took them 70 years to prove the mass of Pluto wasn't enough to have it as a planet. So is technology actually that good to miss Nibiru? Like, Well, that's what like, a lot of the I, scientists say is that, that one, the technology is not there to pick out planets uh, that close. Yeah, and like, you might say it's a thing of, they don't know, things so far away. They don't know where to find it because they don't know where to look. Exactly. Yeah, and the planets don't shine like a star does, so they're not mm-hmm. as easy to find. Usually, how we find planets is from the not seeing them. It's from seeing their effects on other things, or seeing a, a, a dark spot move across another star. We see planets by not seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea there's that we have found is crazy. Where it flips the light, the gravity of the planet flips the light around, and it looks like a kind of a swirly thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's an Einstein theory. That's how they found Jupiter or whatever. Because Jupiter was passing in front of another star and it made, refracted the light around exactly. it. And it made like a, a, a halo shine and they were like, holy shit, what was that? It's by not seeing that Jupiter, was but seeing what Jupiter did yeah, yeah. Was, was how they discovered it, yeah. And this this gives rise to the rogue planet idea. And it, it seems one one theory as to what could explain the beer and how it could actually be real. Yeah. Uh, the other theory that comes in in science, in, in the mainstream science, is the binary system theory. Now, this is the idea that our star, the sun, as we know it. Sol. Sol, as we call it. Better call him. Sol, yeah. Better call him. <laughs> it's, it's all right. Um, better call Sol. And that he has a binary twin, if you will. Uh, and this twin has a name, believe it or not. And what would you name your evil twin? Nuss. Herschel. Can, oh, Herschel. Steve. Yeah, you Sol. can call him, you can call him anything. Herschel. Yeah. I don't know. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. You can Cain call him evil. Cain would be good. Imagine yeah. Saul. It's very hot in here. It's very warm. You're always fucking complaining. <laughs> but uh, our our rogue star in our system is called Nemesis. Oh, oh yeah, what a, oh. what a fine name. Sounds like, he sounds like an asshole. He sounds like a zombie in a trench coat uh, with a yeah, rocket launcher. Yeah, I mean, could... I want to live near that sun. He's fucking badass. He could bring about the destruction of, our, of everything we know and hold dear on, on planet Earth. So he, he might well be aptly named Nemesis. Well, so, will, so will the sun in 370 billion years. Yeah, true. We'll just swallow us all. What yeah. the fuck? How well, selfish uh, are those two guys? 
that's chaos there, isn't it? Just everything out there is ready to kill you. <laughs> that's also living in Australia. Yeah. yeah. That's Saul's law. Where the um, sun will also get you if you stay out yeah, too long. Like, yeah. Irishman going over to Australia. Look a fucking egg on your back. <laughs> but but why, there's binary star. So you're saying that in our solar system, we have two suns. One which, Possibly. One which orbits us every 3,600 years. It's difficult to say. The numbers are, are a little fishy on it. Uh, it's discovered that about 85% of, of known stars in the universe are probably red dwarf stars. So kind of burning out, nothing too spectacular, nothing yeah. too powerful. Mm. But of the other 30% active stars, up to 70% of them discovered have a binary star. Right. So it seems like our sol, the odds are there, star, then it should It seems 70% one. more likely that our star would have a binary star than it wouldn't. Right. Uh, so possibly it does. Who knows? The idea... But it, what the star would be is probably a red dwarf star that orbits very far around our sun and our sun just does a small circular orbit where if you imagine that what was that thing where you put the pen inside the bits of plastic yeah. spirograph you know that thing yeah. imagine that kind of thing where you have like a giant longer circle that'd be Nemesis's red dwarf uh, orbit and you'd just have barely sun, hanging on to the, to the sun barely hanging on picking up huge pieces it comes close to the sun and then that is enough to carry it back around the far end of its orbit back gotcha. to our sun so and our sun is a small orbit with the centre of gravity between them that binary sun then the mirror is uh, doing well, a little small spin. Both the suns are moving. If you imagine, again, if you drop like two coins into that spinny coin thing that you can yeah, fish out, yeah, yeah. they're kind of spinning around each other, but our sun having the much greater mass is holding a firmer position and moving in a very small, slow circle. And holding more planets in its gravitational And holding more force. planets in its gravitational So the other star, does that have Nibiru that orbiting around it? It is also hypothesized by yeah. the scientists today that if there is a dwarf star, it could easily have planets around it, I and those planets could sustain life from the, the energy coming off the dwarf star alone. I read that there's more than one planet in that in the Nibiru system yes there's another planet as well I can't remember what it was called but I read that there's another planet so like that binary star system seems like that it could be the most viable option for to explain yeah, how, this to me like a planet can have life on it when it's way out in space like it's too cold and Mars and that's only a little, little bit that's only yeah. 90 million miles away or whatever do you know what I mean um but the idea is that Nibiru, like this this red dwarf nemesis, uh, its solar system is much tighter in than our solar system would yeah. be. These planets are much closer to it being a smaller body, but with still giving out masses, or, uh, giving out energy as a star. Yeah, it's like these, scooching into a campfire at the end exactly, of Exactly. The these planets are able to sustain themselves with the energy coming from this star, but mm. also, uh, are also in a huge orbit outside of our solar system. Yeah. And obviously, when we think about sustaining yourself and life and everything, like they're essentially rocks. That yeah. are flying around the place. So I wonder then, can you have a planet that is a bit off topic, that's sort of within a gravitational pull, but then kind of will just there's not enough to keep it in sync, so it'll be no, let go free. and go. Yeah. It's like oh, a true rogue, rogue, rogue planet, rogue yeah, planet. Yeah, yeah. and then kind of kind of zone in because it will be magnet mag, magnetized to another kind of. A, I mean, is like, that a possibility? In the, in yeah, the documentaries that I was watching, like you, people that are listening, our beautiful listeners, hmm. uh, when you go looking for Nibiru stuff. Yeah. You're really yeah. up against it. Like in our <laughs> intro, we said it was the biggest topic. Yeah, if you thought we were hyperboling, we weren't hyperboling. Like, <laughs> hyperbole is the least of our problems yeah. that we're talking about in the Nibiru. Put Nibiru into Google, happen. hit search and see what the fuck happens. Your computer will fucking stop working. Like, 
the amount of different stuff mm. you can find yeah. or different directions and avenues. Yeah, like we're discussing here angle. for 40 minutes before recording this in what order we're yeah, going to put all this stuff and what, all the information, what yeah. we're going to discuss and what we're not going to discuss. And for everything that you, every one thing that you find that makes a little bit of sense, there's going to be like seven other things that you're just trying to be like, is this... And then it might turn out that the guy's fucking nuts. Yeah, but you're just, not sure. He just puts loads of letters at the end of his name. Like yeah. puts loads of letters at the end of his name and says that he's an authority on it. And then you find out like that he's made out of paper. Like yeah, yeah. it's fucking bananas how much stuff is out on the internet about the bureau and the stuff that's going to happen, the stuff that has happened, the provements of ancient writings that may or may not be true. Like it's it's wrecked ahead stuff, but. I was watching documentaries about rogue planets and there are planets that have been like spun out of the the Milky Way that are just hurtling through space on their own going, I don't know. Hey, wait for me. Like just off the track. Gone. Like the, the Milky Way is, is, is built on a two trillion mile wide black hole that's spinning. And that's the centrifuge at the start of it. And spinning so fast that the whole galaxy is flattened out into like a flat, plane a milky and, bar a milky bar and everything <laughs> yeah. is like spinning around it at like millions of well, miles millions of miles a second and we're like on a tiny little tip of an outer arm reaching like right out at the very edge of the milky way like and there's planets just fucking flying out like a pool break yeah that's just gone mad Fizzy so there's like the solar systems and planets that get too close to the centrifuge of the, the, the this massive supermassive black hole that's spinning at the center of our galaxy just go like like a you know a small girl that gets in the way of a fat arm flailing child at yeah. a birthday party just gets thrown or if like, you remember <laughs> in that robot wars thing there was that one robot with a giant wheel on it oh. and you were like that thing's gonna get fucking torn up by oh, everything else with like a hammer and the fire and all like and awesome or something yeah and it? anything that went close with the wheel was spinning really fast and as soon as anything touched it it went spinning off <laughs> in a different direction that's exactly what's happening but that thing was unbeatable yes yeah. exactly that's, that's exactly what you described there with galaxies but Nibiru and the, ba- the binary star system sounds plausible. Like, I mean, it sounds it like really it could does, be... It yeah. There's a huge amount of science uh, kind of behind it. it. One of the things that backs it up was in 1984, two paleontologists, David Raupe and Jack Sepkoski, uh, they put forward a paper surmising the idea that uh, there were geologists that discovered that over 26 million year kind of periods they found these mass extinction events were happening on Earth. So, like, from geological expeditions? Geological expeditions, taking, taking soil samples. Soil samples, yeah, taking rock Cross-sections down and, 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 and looking at them and seeing that, like clockwork, every 26 million years, there was a mass extinction event on the planet Earth. Like, bang on 26 Like, 95% of, of every species destroyed every 26 million years. Fuck. Burning down the forest to a new, new growth kind of a situation happening. I and they couldn't explain that. Like, I, for some reason, since I was a young man, I've always mm-hmm. had this feeling of the fourth age of man was always a thing... Like, I mean, I presume the listeners have partaken in the green herb and, you know, that kind of thing spins you off. The devil's weed? Yeah, it sends you off into a a kind of a way of thinking of like, oh, yeah, you know, you feel a bit more connected to the universe after abusing it for a number of years. And you feel a part of a much bigger machine. Yeah. You feel feel the shackles, the imaginary shackles. And, you know, like something going on. And I had this fourth age of man thing going on in my head, you know, like I had this feeling that the whole planet had like like a massive civilization on it before and with no real basis in science. But we're talking about Nibiru, so we don't need one. Yeah. So with no real basis in science, I always thought like that, you know, huge skyscrapers and massive civilizations and archaeological artifacts left behind were eventually, you know, swallowed up or washed away or eroded or like 
uh, eaten by the movement of the tectonic plates, dragged down to the, the magma and, you know, melted and we'll never get it again. Or it's at the bottom of the ocean and we're only discovering it like millions and millions of years later. Like, I'm talking about like super prehistory, prehistory shit. Like, like we can only go back so far to discover, you know, uh, rock scrapings at the bottom of the sea near Japan. And it's called mm-hmm. like the Bimini Roads, where, which says that there was, you know, a, a civilization that was there and now this land is underwater and it's claimed to be Atlantis. Like, this shit is, like, millions of years old or whatever. And who says that there's not older stuff again that's just been completely destroyed? Yeah. Like, I always thought... Different ages another, of man. Yeah, like, like humans were... were advanced civilizations at a certain lost. point and then taken yeah. away. Well, that's the idea. It's, say, the way we believe in a Bronze Age and a Silver Age and a Gold Age and yeah. all that sort of stuff and we tend to think of it in a very linear way so we were bronze age till then till uh till we advanced point. to a certain point advancement yeah it was in yeah, a very linear what a lot of well not a lot of people but there is kind of theories that are just these ages were kind of constantly being not discovered but maybe evolved into and then there would be destruction and the next civilization would try to kind of yeah figure it out from there so. well i mean egypt ancient rome ancient mm. greece the byzantine empire uh you know uh, alexander the great macedonia the tatars the mongols napoleon that was even a more modern well, we've, one we've we still put don't them know all into a, like we've kind of put them into a line almost where it sort of makes sense in the idea of going from a to b to c to d but then there's people who are saying well this isn't really right and obviously you know like so graham hancock and stuff who say that uh the pyramids are much older than we think they are because yeah. we've tried to insert them into a... A timeline. Yeah, exactly. And the timeline, if we decide, okay, this might be right, then that would mean all our history books are fucked. And, so are yeah. you saying that the Gold Age, the Bronze Age and the Iron Age could have all existed concurrently beside each other happening at the same time with different, different parts tribes of the It's earth. possible. It's possible you could different have had a Gold Age before a Bronze Age. Who knows? Like, well, they're saying all... because like of, of te- technological advances. So, for example, like uh, Bronze Age, because it's, it's, it's easier to get bronze than it is, say, to get like iron. Because mm-hmm. iron is like a smelting and a melding of two different types of metals, like tin and zinc. Mm-hmm. So, like, to be, the technology to advance, like, to be able to learn to heat rocks that have bronze inside to get the bronze out and then to be able to go well if we mix that with this we were able to get this like you know the advancement would dictate that it happens chronologically like that mm. yeah you don't get massive jumps in knowledge or yeah. do you every 3,600 years when the beer passes by and they're going like you don't want to do that yeah. <laughs> why don't you take this stuff and mix it with this stuff and it makes this stuff they download it with oh, codex oh yeah like that's possibly where they're saying it's coming from you know they also have an alternative history theory from a Russian scientist who mentioned the Zachariah Sitchin episode called Anatoly Fomenko he's a mathematician and a scientist from Russia and he basically says that the whole of history is bullshit the way we know it and that everything is like top to tail rather than running concurrently or being repeated so for example he has like the ancient English history and ancient Byzantine history and when the English went to Turkey to try and conquer Constantinople, they brought their history with them. When they were back, they retreated, left all their history there. And then when archaeologists found it later on, they presumed it was the history of the local area. And they thought, oh yeah, that's that's the history of here. And they, they put in, they inferred like, oh, this king did this and this, you know, how he died, the length mm. of their reigns, their main like um, achievements and stuff like that. And 
they put they put all that onto a Byzantine hmm. monarchy. So they all match in the two accounts. Yeah, the and they put them at separate times in in Earth history and human history. Whereas there were the one history that happened one time, but they were doubled up, and it's never been corrected or it's never been addressed. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know. A lengthening of the known history. Yeah, it's very hard to know exactly when stuff happened and why. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, the whole Dark Ages was made up. That's what they say. That's, oh, what, <laughs> that's what Fomenko claims, that they just put the Dark Ages in because it's like, oh, we couldn't have advanced that quick, so just loads of stuff happened that we just don't know about. But we'll say it was very dark, so we couldn't see anything, so yeah. <laughs> we don't have to write anything specifics down. Well, one thing happened, and then they say, well, Jesus was born at this time, and then this didn't happen until loads of years after Jesus, so it must be that year. Whereas Fomenko claims that Jesus was born in like 1036, our our calendar, hmm. do you know? So hmm. it's only like 900 years ago, maybe. And the other 1,000 odd years was just made up time. Just made Stretched up, out time to make made it seem up, doubled up. farther away, more ancient, more believable. Well, maybe this is the, and I always thought this, maybe this is the, the plan to make humans think that we can't advance as quickly as we actually did or have done. Uh. Like... Look what we've done in the last hundred years. But then we, the human race, is about two hundred and fifty thousand years old, isn't it? Yeah, but give I'm, or take. I mean, I'm saying, wh- why has modern society and modern humanity as say, let's take the last two thousand years? How come we advanced so quickly from the tw- the two hundred two hundred thousand years before yeah. that? And in, in out of that two thousand, over the last five hundred. We've come a lot. We've doubled every yeah. every well, hundred years from the last five hundred, and in the last hundred years, we've doubled our population, like doubled uh, our technological advancement and our material output. Every twenty five years, we've doubled. Like the population has doubled every twenty five years. As if we're years. racing towards something. Like it's <laughs> coming to like a critical mass, like yeah. where there's going to be so many people. Like there's nearly eight billion people now. The last time I checked, there was only six, and like. Where the fuck did all the extra people have to stop yeah. fucking? There's too yeah. many people. But isn't that like an exponential thing? So like, <clears throat> as we go forward, we're wired to kind of keep conquering and keep going and keep, because we're not, yeah. we're going like our, uh, say productivity or output can work faster than our uh, understanding and the way that our minds kind of evolve. So those theories that we're still wired to hunt and gather, yeah, but achieve, we're and, there fucking and conquer and yeah. So mass wealth, but the new way of society, it almost warps that. It's the same way like you love eating chocolate bars because when you're a caveman, sugar was so hard to come by and had so much energy that you yeah. would gorge it when you found it. Whereas now you just go to a shop and you can buy a load of fucking ten cent refresher bars. So you'll just horse oh. all of those into you, yeah. and then that thing that would be converted to energy is now just converted into weight and then you sit yeah. in an office all day rather than being constantly moving like a tongan yeah so our body can't match yeah where we're coming from to yeah, thousand years of evolution to take in as many calories and retain yeah, because them. Our, our minds seem to be able to absorb things much faster so our minds exponentially start going forward we get smarter and smarter and smarter but our bodies are constantly running on the spot trying to catch up and we just can't yeah. contend mm-hmm. with that you know that's that's maybe the way we were genetically engineered, you know. We were maybe we should, maybe we should, should get in. shed the bodies and just become greys. Just have like kind of formless, yeah. Ma- made of thought and just uh, imbibe the protein that we need to. Yeah. to big be eyes, thinking of skinny little body, no hair, big head. They have kind of cute little beard. They are yeah. so <laughs> <they're> <laughs> these little yeah. cute little bellies. Put a tapeworms in there. What's going on? Um, Pretty strange. So there's lots of other different, you know, scientists and 
researchers and mm. you know and pseudoscientists definitely pseudoscientists yeah, we don't look we don't like that where someone else coined that word but it's it's the term that's out there for these, yeah these i people. mean who's to say what what what's, what's real science, science pseudo you know? what's yeah you know talk to a quantum physicist and see if uh, at least it's not pedoscience yeah. <laughs> that's the same about quantum physicists when you're not looking at them they're not doing any work so <laughs> like nancy leader was one of these proponents of this Nibiru cataclysm that was to come. Um, I think that she was possibly one of the most mental what? people when you when you think about the Nibiru canon and all the stuff yeah. about about Nibiru. Like the story of it came from a crazy Azerbaijani and, Palestinian, and anthropo- uh, anthropologist, and yeah. he was like, you know, worked as a journalist, did all this stuff. But this Nancy leader. She got messages from yes. outer space to an implant okay. that aliens mm. put in her head oh. that told her that Nibiru was going to come and smash into the earth again and cause all of these like tidal waves and flip the poles and, you know, up would be down and black would be white. You and... mean the magnetic poles now, not Polish people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> flip the poles. Flip gonna, the poles. They're going to vote for the liberals. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, black would be white and like hot rain falls up. Like the whole <laughs> hamburgers on feet. Yeah, the whole thing. Like she says, she got this from messages in her mind. Right from so her you, mind. Was she 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 reckoned she was abducted, didn't she? Oh, I see. yeah. She doesn't really remember, doesn't really remember but she remember. just knows that she gets these messages. Now, Joan of Arc and Alexander the Great thought they got messages from God mm-hmm. because they heard these thoughts coming into her head, and yeah. because they couldn't recognize that that was their own conscience. <laughs> Or consciousness talking to them. That was their inner yeah. monologue. George Bush had those too. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't realize that that was his inner monologue. Right, right, right. I, I hate Arabs. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and he was like, "Oh my god, God hates Arabs too." Like he was. Are you saying that? that like he'd hear a voice in his head saying a thought, and he'd go, "That's got to be something. Else. That's not me." Yeah. That's, that's what that's what Alexander the Great thought. Joan of Arc too. She was Joan like, I can't be having a thought here. Yeah. When they asked her, "How were you so good at making up all these battle plans and doing all that?" She's like, "God tells me what to do." I was like, no, no, you you just have good ideas. You just don't realize it's your own brain telling yeah. you what to do. She's like, I'm a silly woman. It's God. God told me. <laughs> there so, so must be leader those, uh, does this. But there must be slight variations on that. Like, there's a group of people, and um, they're not technically schizophrenic, but they hear voices. But they hear voices that we don't hear. Uh, there's also things like hypnagogic hallucinogen- hallucinations, hallucinogations. No, hallucinogens. <laughs> 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 nice. But uh, uh, it's like you can hear <laughs> you can hear a voice in your head, but it's not. You know, you have your inner monologue, and you barely recognize it. It's like I'm hungry. Get the cornflakes. Yeah. Put the milk in it. I want a chocolate bar. Fucking really, really demanding prick who just wants to eat all the time. I want to play video games now. Let's have a wank. Especially Towelie from the Stage Break. Do you want a chocolate bar? That's the forty. No, yeah. Sorry, I'm just fucking trying to count on the calories, but. So, like, some people maybe can have a voice that doesn't seem like it's their voice, but it's not technically sort of a schizophrenic kind of a thing. Yeah. It's, it's in the spectrum, but not I used quite. to get that when I was drinking, and that voice used to say, pinch her arse. And then my <laughs> hand would go, I like what that voice is saying. I'm going to do that. And my brain goes, don't do it, hand. And hand is like, too late, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. and then my mouth goes... Yeah, nice ass. And then my brain goes, lads, what the fuck? And then stops working. And that's what a blackout is. So like, it's yeah, your brain falling out with all the other parts of your body. Do you body know what happens, right? I was talking to a friend of mine. He did a 
biomedical science or whatever. And he was telling me, I was like, oh, I love taking sleeping tablets and then just not going to sleep. And he's like, you know why that is? The answer was like, because uh, it's deadly. <laughs> <laughs> he, broke it down. he broke it down and he was like, no, like basically what's happening is this drug shuts off certain neural pathways in your brain. It just stops them. It yeah. deadens them. So what your brain does is basically the brain generator kicks in and goes, right, fucker's not sleeping. What what have we got to work with here? So it's like, all right, uh, forget memory. All right, we're going to get rid of memory. Uh, okay. Get rid of sense of self. Yeah, sense of self is gone. Sense of decorum. Sense of decorum. Uh, you, know Spink, that shit that he, <laughs> you know that shit that he... You know that shit he wouldn't do when he was sober? That's all right. That's yeah. on the table right now. So it basically shuts all that down and just works on whatever it can. Now, it can only do this for a certain amount of time. And after that, and like, then you, end then up you like, pass out or whatever. Steve <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Steve Madden! That's so, Wolf of Wall Street, there, kids. Anyway, that's what, that's what happens. That's what happens. But so, that's, so as your brain's shut, like, let's say you're drunk and, like, this other personality comes out. Yeah. It's basically just deadening the other parts of your brain that would not so much keep that personality in check, but would offer you still like a It's just all kind of vibrating to the left. Um, but, but yeah, basically it tries to operate with what it has. You should have got an Oscar for yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that scene. <laughs> so, so funny. Huh. Yeah, but th- yeah. that's what happened, it happened to me. My body would black out. Uh, my mind would black out and my body would keep going yeah. with just like basic functions and, and that's I was like... walking like a baby talking <laughs> like a baby the only thing my brain held on to was like don't shit yourself and keep drinking that's mm. all that was going on so you're doing and then at the end a lot of then at the, it kept a bit of keep drinking don't shit yourself and chips that's all yeah. that was left so that was like that's head. basically when you start to kill mo- all of your neural pathways yeah. and you shut them down the most important part of your brain is like, don't shit, chips, drink. Like that's and pinching all people's pinching people's arses. But then again, dissociative identity disorder. Is it just certain things are shutting down and these other things are lighting up? I don't know how it all works, but yeah. uh, are you, that are, could be... Did, what you're describing sounds like the coming of the zombie apocalypse. That we're all going to get addicted to taking sleeping pills and then fighting to stay awake until maybe, our brain eventually... You know, like when you make a face and the wind turns and your face gets stuck like that? Yeah. Which is true. Well, one day we'll just get stuck in this thing of like a primeval kind of reptilian part of our brain just takes over and everything else is completely shut off and we'll all turn into zombies that's already happened like that movie Idiocracy that that's not the 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 evolutionary destiny of the human race that we're all going to end up like Mm. being atonal idiotic like robot zombie morons who are you know eating like powdered protein and fucking like trans fats just to be like I need sustenance so I can keep awake so I can you know make the muscles in my back so strong that I can have my head down so I can look at my phone all the time like that's that's what's happening like to the human race it's like dev- devolving into this yeah, you know uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the language is gone like the 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 poverty of language in children yeah. now they only use like an average of 55 words like, I well, like what you're talking about is is that big question of yeah. our kids getting dumber. Mm. Well, that's which the, I feel they are all the time. But who knows? Well, we're, we're choosing evolution as well. Like, so what we do, kind of yeah, true. inspires we're, we're keeping, our evolution as yeah, well. Yeah. You know, so it's, we're not allowing evolution to cull as much as we uh, used to be able to. Yeah, well, like if we're talking about evolution and 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 being being made, like mm. this Nazi leader in in 1995 put to the world that yeah, I'm getting messages. 
Yeah. But not only just like these mad schizophrenic messages, she's saying like, I'm getting very specific messages from aliens that live in the Zeta Reticuli system, which is one of the closest star systems next, mm-hmm. to, next to the... Uh, There's a Zeta Reticuli and a Beta Reticuli. Yeah, and, and this guy is calling her up and being like, Nancy, we're coming, Nancy. <laughs> we're getting messages from outer space <laughs> here. Don't know what it means. There's something coming through. Um, she she states that she alone was chosen to warn mankind about this. That there is going to be a, a, a celestial object and it's going to sweep through the solar system. And it was supposed to happen in 2003. And then when it didn't happen in 2003, she got a phone call to her brain implant. She, she coined this time of 2003, did she? She said 2003 mm. this is, is again, when Nibiru is going to... When you're searching these Nibiru things and uh, these videos online, you'll see a huge glut of them from 2003. Which was just, I, I didn't know this at the time, but apparently there was a big panic at the time. In yeah, the beer was the big shit back, back then. Yeah. Everyone started freaking there was out. In 2004, there was a lot of disappointed people. Like, there was a huge, there was a huge uh, um, spate of s- solar eclipses in 2001, two and th- well, 2002, three and four. Oh, I remember, and there was uh, red moons or something? Yeah, like all sorts, like, and it was like the fourth blood moon happened yeah, last row, year. And, happened, and yeah. that was, oh. the, that was the, the sign, it was a prophecy and apocalypse. Mm. Like, there's so many different like prophecies and you know religious foreshadowing of Nibiru's coming back and Nancy Leader said that yeah Nibiru's going to come back uh, the tides will rise the seas will boil fucking the poles are going to shift hmm. and Eat the her. world is going to end do you know what I mean hmm. um, in 1997 after she had put all this out to the whole world uh, the advent of the Haley Bop Comet. I remember, yeah. Remember uh-huh. Haley Bop? Yeah, I remember Haley Bop. Yeah. It was in like fourth year. Haley Bop was all about it. And yeah. then, he, then he died in a plane with like Richie Valance and Buddy Holly or something like that, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? So uh, the Haley Bop comet was out there. It was like flying around on the outside and it was like moving shit around. Like we said earlier on about yeah, Jupiter uh, a Manipulating the light that was coming from these stars, and I was like, "What the fuck was that? It's a giant yeah. planet, blam!" And that's not there. Yeah. It's like what's not there. So Haley Bop was like bopping around out the outside, like skipping and sliding and scooching through the solar system. Oh. Uh, like it was really, really far away. It was the closest that it's ever been uh, in relation to Haley Bop coming around and around and around again. But like it was still really, really far away, and people were all like, "It's Nibiru. That's not Nibiru. That's Nibiru." And it was totally like people have been on this for years, going. I want to see Nibiru. I want her to be another planet. Bring on the apocalypse. Yeah, what time are we talking about here? 77. Ni- right? This is this is 1997, 1997 when Haley Bop rocked around. And and it's been going on since the early 70s since Zechariah Sitchin released his book The Twelfth Planet. Now, we did a show on Zechariah Sitchin. You know how we feel about him. You know, he's a nice chap. He's I'd a really good guy. I'd say yeah. he would have been lovely I'd like to, to have, have a cup of tea, tea with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have uh, a cup of tea with the motherfucker. He'd give you a nice and be like, brewed Sumerian tea. And he'd tell you, he'd sit you down by the fire and be like, in the first iteration of Earth, there was nothing, and he just he t- he's very really yeah. relaxing, like some kind of Jewish grandfather type. That he seems just, like, as long as he's subtitled, he seems yeah, very nice. He tells a lovely it. story, but really slowly and boringly on yeah. YouTube videos. Like you will, if you're having trouble falling asleep, throw on a fucking three hours Zachariah Sitchin. Man, and there's that one video of Zachariah interviewing the other guy, and it's 
the most boring man in the world interviewing the second most boring man yeah. in the world. All, it, mi- all it was missing was that Father Stone from, from Father Ted. She'd yeah. be like, boring as fuck. Boring. Mm. I also like the, the fact that Nancy Leader, she's saying that she has like an implant from aliens in her brain. They're communicating directly, communicating directly with her. And that, you know, if they ever came to Earth someday, they would arrive on Earth walk up to whoever the first human they got to was and said, take us to your Nancy later. Oh, <laughs> oh, he didn't tell us he was going to make that joke. Oh, and we wouldn't really have allowed it. We wouldn't have vetoed that. that. We tell you what off that. the cuff? I can't tell you what off the cuff, gentlemen. They just come to me. I'm going to contemplate between you know, this and the edit if me. I'm going to cut that out or not, but I think no it's going to stick. It's yeah. so good. Take me to your <laughs> leader. Your Nancy leader. Oh. But what I don't get about this, and this is the same with like Phil Schneider and all this, all this stuff that always gets me, why is there always just one dude or one like why if you're an alien and you're like we better tell these humans that shit's about to go down it's like I know this one yeah young one and she's fucking nuts yeah she seems Whereas highly say it to her, reliable you, I mean wouldn't you like like a, 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 just say it to everybody for example if Broadcast everyone woke up TV. in the morning they yeah. were like fuck do you remember do you have that yeah I felt, oh, what? I'm hearing that too well, there must be something yeah, in yeah. this I'll I, I put it to you two ways right mm-hmm. The first way would be not everybody can handle that information, right? Or so, a voice in their head from or, another yeah. galaxy. But to be able to, like, you know, like uh, uh, Galactus appearing to Earth, mm. you know, on a, on, a, on a rumbling cloud through the sky and then just be like, you're all, I'm going to eat you, you're all fucked. Like, <laughs> uh, Good Galactus cool. impression of you. Thanks, seen, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> seen Fantastic Four, the Silver Surfer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know. Galactus is now from Cavan. I'm going like, to fuck. fucking eat y'all. You're all fucking dead, mate. <laughs> right? People aren't able for that kind of thing. Like, you saw, the, you saw the faces on the people that were watching those spaceships roll into the cities at Independence Day. They were all like, what the fuck? But on the top of the... Pl- on the top of the building, there's only about 70 people mm. going, take a switch, take a switch. That's the same proportion of people in society that are looking and and willing to find that information. Oh, so and then you say tell, to other people that they heard. Yes, if you tell some crazy bint with a fucking implant in her head, we're coming. She's going to be like, oh yeah, no, I'll tell everybody. But the and point then they tell, it? and then we, like gobshites, watch 15 hours <laughs> of Nibiru videos but if we, to find out one if piece of information but if about Nancy knows, and like, then we know. If everybody knows, it just, it, like, it makes yeah, it, it, If everybody makes, knows, they start fucking looting and raping and yeah, blowing yeah, shit like, up, man. All the people that'll call, like, like you said, there's fucking 8 billion people here or something. Like, we need to get rid of some of them. Uh, bring on the mind fuck, and then everyone goes crazy. Natural selection, fucking Nancy Leader is right. leading shit. So then, so and then, then we just move. By the time the Biru gets here, then we just have like the biggest and strongest left on the planet because all the really intelligent, scrawny, but the really scientist scrawny people, people are, are all going to get raped and then murdered by all the big massive, <laughs> yeah, but the big massive knackers. No, that's not going to happen. Like, like that's going to happen out in the fucking shocks. Dude, I'm not like. I'm, no, but think I'm about overweight. It. I'm unfit, <laughs> and I'm not able to fight. If a fucking crowd of dudes saw the saw yeah, the food fucking, in here, you're not like, like you're not. That's where that fat guy lives. Let's fucking yeah. kill him. Take all his stuff. <laughs> a lot like, of chuds would would take it to you. That's like uh, uh, if you if you're intelligent enough to be prepared for the apocalypse, and you don't have a way of defending yourself, you're essentially just collecting a lot of stuff for some other country. But we are not intelligent you. enough. Like the people who are truly we have intelligent. A shed full of bottled water and canned food out there, man. 
Do you? Yeah. Because you're just saving that for the biggest guy in the neighborhood. I'm ready for the but neighborhood. Like, if you... He's just going to roll like, in and go, give me that or I'll rape you in the butthole. I'd be like, take my But tins. the real smart guys who are working in these giant, like, science labs or whatever the fuck, they're the dudes who are actually going to do stuff. We're like... Chaps who are fucking speaking to a microphone about nonsense for yeah, a while. Yeah, that's Both they're the guys. People are listening and they're being informed, and then they know a little bit more, or maybe even a little yeah. bit less. I never prepare yourself <laughs> for the coming of Nibiru. Get bottled water and cans in because you don't you don't want to be your neighbor and have your butt raped. Or if you're listening to this and you're a really big strong guy, go to the guy who looks the smartest on your block, rape his butt, and then take his water and cans. If Nibiru comes, don't do it now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, only if Nibiru And comes. take a few of his textbooks That's with weird. you as well. Maybe yeah, learn through them, try to figure out what's going on. Yeah, learn, learn a bit. <laughs> you dumb prick. Re- <laughs> read a book, stop listening to podcasts. Shit. <laughs> this show is brought to you by Audible. Because <laughs> <laughs> they'll sponsor anything. No, I'm joking. They sponsor us. Absolutely not brought to you. Go to audible.com right now. Audible are bringing us no profit. No, so Zachariah's Hitchin is fucking spouting spouting foolery about Nibiru and the Anunnaki and all this stuff that he's able to read on these crazy chicken scratch clay tablets that he Mm. found that are 10,000 years old in the ground in Iraq. The Sumerian cuneiform, which he taught himself. Yeah, he taught himself. We all say it differently. Where did he teach that from, though? Oh, where did he learn? Would you get, like, cuneiform for dummies? Like, how would you <laughs> learn yeah, to do apparently, so? Apparently, there's, we, we covered this in the Zechariah Sitchin episode, where uh, he learned to read cuneiform, which cuneiform. is how people were pronouncing on the internet, and that's how I'm going to do it. Right. Cuneiform is how I pronounce yeah, cuneiform. cuneiform. I read it phonetically. We all have three different yeah, we'll have. Yeah. And he, he learned how to do that because he understood and studied uh, Hebrew, he also studied ancient Greek. Mm-hmm. He studied loads of different languages, but they all have like really weird writing styles and letter formations or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there was also a dictionary, a 68,000 word dictionary that came with these cuneiform tablets. Okay. Uh, and then we what symbols meant in ancient Greek. In so ancient Greek, so he was Akkadian, so he was able to like figure but so out. So part of it was his interpretation on what the Greek translation of a certain word would be yeah. then translated from the Sumerian cuneiform. People so. found it in the 1890s. And they translated it then. Oh, okay. And That's they right. translated it to what they thought it was, but they had no point of reference towards like aliens and other worlds and mm. that kind of stuff. That science fiction point of view wasn't there. Yeah. They couldn't yeah, yeah. like put it together to be like, oh yeah, no, that's what that is. So he gets all this information from these tablets by being able to reinterpret these Greek translations to be able to make it sound like they're fucking aliens. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's got a new at, history of mankind. Yeah. Essentially he, he's, he's looking at, he's looking at like ancient carvings of these things that look like spaceships of these guys that look like they're wearing wristwatches and that have wings and fly around in rockets when really it could be interpreted in, in many different ways. But Sitchin's learnings and, and discoverings, writings and findings were appropriated by leader. And she brought this message that basically on the 27th of May 2003, mm-hmm. that Nibiru was going to pass by and it was going to flip the poles, mm. right? And this pole flipping theory has been going on for years yeah, and years. Yeah. That the magnetic poles of the Earth. So we What's know a polar them. shift? You've probably, you've okay. probably heard this term before. So a polar, polar shift, shift has been on the news. I've seen it on the mm-hmm. news myself. It's, you know, it's one of these looming fears like terrorism or you know, cat aids. It's pretty widely accepted in the scientific community. Yeah, it's going to happen and it has happened before and they've had like scientific proof that it does happen. 
But you have to say, is it because Nibiru is flying by and like pulling the fucking? But what are you talking about when you say polar shift? You're talking about so a polar shift is when the poles of the Earth, North and South Pole, move on an axis. So the Earth spins not only is it flat and weird and sideways and shaped like one of those Hmm. UFO suites that are full of sherbet. It also has a a tipping kind of a, a a motion that tips us away from the away from the sun in winter time and tips us towards the sun in summertime and this movement changes over time depending on the frequency and velocity of the spinning of our molten mm. core. So the molten core of the planet is metal and the cooling and heating uh, of the planet's core is making this uh, magnetic, field. magnetic field of radiation. This, this The magnetosphere. Uh, yes, exactly. The Van Allen belts of radiation. And this is the stuff that radiates out from the planet up from the north and out in a kind of an elliptical Mm. Uh, a big elliptical wave the and then back down into the south so like the north and the south are the most vulnerable to say the likes of solar winds and space radiation and this magnetosphere protects earth it's one of those other crazily like um, random things that, that, have, that, yeah, has that, has, that has us be like able to exist on the if planet if our core wasn't molten iron our atmosphere would have been stripped away billions of years ago yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and it'll be burnt away, like what they say happened to Mars, like what they say, you know, was Mars happening course, to not spinning, Nibiru. Atmosphere is stripped away, yeah. all life. And one of the other things the leader says is that when Nibiru goes by, its magnetic influence on the Earth is going to stop the Earth spinning. That's going to stop it spinning for f- six days. Mm. And in those six days, one side of the Earth is going to be scorched, and one side of the Earth is going to be frozen, and it's, you know, it's the apocalypse that's going to mm. happen, and that's what happened to Mars, and... You know, she's getting all this information from Zeta Reticuli in, like, one of the world's most underwhelming voicemails. Mm. And it's the greys, you know, it's the, the grey Indians that are rumoured in different conspiracy circles to live on Zeta Reticuli. Yeah. To come from there. So they, they possibly greys that are telling her this. Well, as we go on later on, the greys may be the uh, Ijiji or the uh, native slaves for the Anunnaki who live on Nibiru. So, leader... With all of this really particular information, and like the 27th of May 2003, like that's pretty fucking accurate. Mm, yeah, I remember the 27th of May 2003. I think I had a quesadilla for dinner. <laughs> well, it was a good day, it was a nice day. Nancy Lee remembers uh, swallowing her words, <laughs> <laughs> eating a big piece of humble pie. you out, Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> Get in contact, Nancy. Yeah. It's uh, those conspiracy guys at gmail.com. Brought to you by Audible. No, we're not brought by Audible. <laughs> we're not. Allegedly. Allegedly. We could be the Audible we're who are yeah, right ready there, for the buy Get some of that cash. Audible believes you might like the book The Twelfth Planet by Zachariah <laughs> Sitchin. Um, so leader... Yeah, there's an apocalypse coming. i got to get some bottle water and cans, man. I need yeah. the cans here. The leader then... It's all going to get taken what you have now. So yeah, absolutely. You need a secret stash. Leader swallowed her words and she re- like reconstituted her whole prediction for uh, the December 21st, 2012 to coincide with the Mayan, Mayan calendar mm-hmm. and basically to fucking get on the apocalypse bandwagon and yeah. be like, this is what's happening. Get blah, on blah, that blah. tip and, and sell some stuff. And then, so, of course, that didn't really work out either, I suppose, with the old Mayan calendar. No, yeah. No. You never want to... When you're, when you're guessing things, you never want to set an exact date. Or if you do, set it farther in the future than 2020. Did you ever get someone like... Has there ever been a case where like some person prophesies the end of the world and when it didn't happen, this one... Fuck, looks like I was wrong about that, lads. I just left it there. No, just I don't a, believe so. He's always like, nah, nah, five more years. 
five more years. Yeah, they always give it a little bit more. They always give it a bit more, yeah. You wouldn't just, just keep the ball rolling. Yeah, uh, what was that what was that syndrome you were saying that was? It's like the opposite of Oedipus syndrome or Oh, Electra. That's the girls' version of Oedipus syndrome, is that what you mean? No, the Yoki were saying it was Oh like, Thanatos. What's that? Oh yeah. Thanatos uh, the Thanatos is like um so it's a Freudian thing. I mean it's probably very debatable. But the idea is that your Eros drive is the one that makes you want to fucking like do all that like life affirming, um, affirming yeah. stuff, yeah. And Thanatos is the stuff, it's like the death drive. So I, I love the way you couldn't think of anything else that's life affirming. That's it, like fucking chocolate. That's a, a new romantic comedy starring Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Fuck and chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Jake Reese Gyllenhaal, yeah. Um, or, it's a really bad, like. 1980s uh, double comedy double act, you know, <laughs> like, like Hail and Pace or Smith and Jones. Tango and and cash. Hello, oh, we're fucking chocolate. <laughs> I'm, f- I'm Johnny Fuck. <laughs> I always liked Hail and Pace. So I thought it was clever of them to not have a funny one. Get in contact with us, Hail and Pace, if you have any problem with. Yeah, you have yeah, eating each other. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Eros. Um, Eros yeah, drive. so Eros is like the kind of life drive Thanatos would be the, the death drive so it's like a, the party that wants to step off a building when you're at the very top of it or yeah, yeah. The party. destroy something beautiful kind of a, it's that know, kind of yeah I'm, squeeze a puppy I'm not sure if that if it makes you want to kill that's like the shadow thing that's the Jungian is the shadow it's the party that wants to just like kill everything and then the Thanatos is the party you that sort of wants to be killed is that the glamorized death and glamorized yeah death. so it's almost like that is that Kind of this apocalyptic thing. Jumping out from the cars. Yeah, and then they also said there's the idea that same more modern psychologists would say is that that idea of wanting to jump off the building or whatever is actually the possibility of your brain not knowing if you're going to jump off the building. Like it knows you can jump off the building. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, oh, or you can push someone off the building and then it doesn't know if you're in danger. So you get this weird kind of terror which is both terrific and terrifying i'm sure it's gonna like make your hypothalamus shit out some crazy original <laughs> uh, like neuropeptides that's yeah, gonna yeah. be just like oh, i've never felt this before and it like shits out loads of dead yeah all this stuff. That you get addicted to it's like i'm sure it's like you know when the kids get addicted to doing that uh american dream do you remember doing that oh. in school where the lads used to like push up against your chest and you breathe in and out real fast and then and it, it's kind of like half choke wanking yourself yeah like, no sure, he never did this I'm sure choke wanking like like what happened to oh he was uh, talking about Michael the American Hutchinson, dream Michael Hutchinson <laughs> yeah and, no what are you American dream is like out, like so oh, okay. yeah, you, no, you, you pro- choke someone until essentially until they right. collapse and then you don't keep choking them yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's like okay. you you wanted like oh I want to know what it's like to nearly die and then right, right, your right. friend nearly kills you and then you come back at life and like oh let's do it again oh, I think it's and then you go let's do it again but I want to wank while you're doing it <laughs> and then that was invented yeah. and then uh, David Carradine <laughs> <laughs> But he was, like, he was like, I want to see what all the kids are doing now. They're choke wanking, Dan. Right. How do you... I'll, fi- I'll figure it out. Yeah. I like the way he went to the wardrobe. Yeah. Like, he'd he already paid for the room, locked the door, yeah. but still went in the wardrobe. That's how he shamed Wasn't there, like, an Asian hooker kind of helped him out with it or something? She's like, I say, oh, she, no, helped, I say she helped him she out helped by out just putting him in the wardrobe much. and going, I hope nobody find him. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be written by for his reputation. 
Kill Bill Tree gone. Yeah. Kill Bill. <laughs> Kill Bill Free is fuck. They say, how did he check in with no shoes? She says, I don't know. She says, wearing his cowboy boots. Yeah. <laughs> she would have been a straw with a hat. Like, <laughs> the police I don't taking know. Her away to stay with R.I.P. Dave Carly. So... Oh, that, that's me. I forgot he was dead for a second. Yeah, no, I know we were he thought he survived. He died, but... <laughs> he just choked himself to death, dude. But, you want, yeah, but like, yeah, so you want to die, this thing of like, yeah, I yeah. want an apocalypse. Mm. I want to, you know... Uh, I, and a lot of it is curiosity, dude. Like, well, there's yeah, been loads yeah, of times when I wanted to die to know... I'd love to die because when you die, you go into this like fifth dimension of all knowing. Mm. And you're like, mm. when you're like thinking about something so hard, you're like, fuck, I just want to know the answer. You got them all. And then yeah. you have a choke wank. And you nearly get the answer if you just had a you know squeezed a little bit further on that bend yeah. that you were gone and you'd know everything. Be so pissed off you reach the other side and they were like, oh yeah, like that existence you just had, that is purgatory. That was you had to suffer through all of that, that physical, yeah. that physical dimension that you were in. Now you're in the fifth dimension. Everybody's happy, enjoy. Yeah, it's all good. It's timeless. Yeah. You know, let's let's see what you should have done. Oh, bing, bing. Do that, right? Should have killed so, yourself yeah. immediately as soon as you so, were born. There's, there's that old quote like, you can have life or you can have answers, but you can't have both. But this is the yeah, thing so. there were so many answers that I wanted and so many mm. things that I needed to know that may not transpire in my lifetime. That this kind of uh, the search for death or this like obsession with death and horror movies and you know, like apocalypse and zombies and this kind of thing, you know, uh, really leads towards this Nibiru conspiracy being something that can really grab onto people like it's like the creators of our planet you know yeah. another another improvement apart from Nancy Leader another kind of hint towards its reality uh, is NASA deliberately covering up visual evidence of its existence uh, the Infrared Space Observatory launched in 1983 briefly made headlines by saying that there was an unknown object found in the sky so this thing you were saying about like uh, monitoring what it, what it affects around you would be the discovery of a planet, you know? So this was going, hey, there's something moving out there, man. And they, they said it was something possibly the size of Jupiter and so close to Earth that it definitely would be part of the solar system. And then they put that in the news article and then they had to retract it. And this was like one of the main pieces of evidence towards the Nibiru cataclysm was that NASA themselves accidentally released evidence that Nibiru is out there. It is close enough to be in our solar system and the shit's for real, yo. Yeah. But I like, still can't find how there's so many dudes with their lenses pointed at the sky that they can't seem to pinpoint this or be able to get a good picture of it. A lot of people are putting up these videos on YouTube of twin suns. Have you seen all that stuff? Mm, yeah. Like, that stuff is crazy, and it really looks like lens flare to me. Like, yeah. it's, like <laughs> it's like, you want to... As someone with a, a bit of experience with camera technology. Yeah, I mean, there's one or two of them. There was one taken, um, it, it seemed to be like in some kind of tundra, maybe the North Pole. Yeah, that's the North Pole viewing station. There's, yeah. there's a bit of conspiracy about that one, because people say... There it really points. is a lens flare. It looks, yeah. it looks really but people say there are points in the world where you can build an observatory a lot easier and a lot cheaper than that place. That place, they have to have specially designed uh, aircraft in order to get there, to get there just yeah. to, to put up the station and to keep it manned and to keep it yeah. uh, staffed. But apparently, and they said you can get the same readings from other points on the Earth. Much easier to get to points. Why did they build that there? Because apparently it's the best angle if you're yes. looking for something. I was really lo- like wondering how can dudes like at the equator, say, not be able to get a better 
a better vantage point, it's because where Nibiru was coming in, mm-hmm. it's coming in from where our planet points out. Like directly from down the onto pole. our North Pole. Yeah, it's coming directly from that area. Yeah. So if we were on like the outside of the planet or even down in like Western Europe and the Americas, the angle at which we're able to view where Nibiru was coming from is obfuscated by the rest of the Northern Hemisphere. Is in the way, so it's coming at a super low angle to the horizon. So only at certain times of the year, where the Earth is tilted in the right direction, would we be able to even see the light that's being shone mm-hmm. off Nibiru. And they say that Nibiru has its own core. This it's it's covered in radiation and it's it's exuding heat and light from its own core. Uh, they think it could be the star, the binary star system that Nibiru is. Is traveling around it. That's what's giving off the light, and the light is shining off the atmosphere of Nibiru, oh. and then we're able to so see Nibiru's that. Maybe a water planet, and it's yeah, got a lot of shine off it. Well, some of, some of those double yeah, double sun videos, like the fucking thing is massive. But there's a lot of Nibiru it's videos massive. online. There's a lot of videos of you'd see like videos of the sun, and you know they see those videos where they're kind of they're covering the sun, and you see the corona, mm. yeah, uh, and they shoot out some solar flares and things, and they show you little pictures of what look like large balls kind of around the sun that could only be something kind of planet sized mm. but if you go to YouTube basically and put in Nibiru or Nibiru 2015 or Nibiru update mm. what you're going to get is like hundreds of these types of videos yeah, of like yeah. videos of, of any sorts of pictures that were taken by any satellites that are out there and these are you can go to like NASA's JPL website and download pictures from these telescopes live as they take pictures from space and people are saying that, oh, we took these pictures and within a couple of hours they were ripped down from the NASA site and they can't be found again, but we've oh, got right. them here. And there's a lot of kind of conspiracy talk on the internet yeah. about NASA well, people covering the NASA have known it for 50 years. Yeah, and, and they're yeah. completely covering it. And that sometimes as as these automatically transfer pictures to their website, these are captured by people, but then NASA immediately ripped them yeah. down. And that the, the latest director of NASA, David Morrison, is kind of in on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that since he's taken over, there's been a, a heavy anti- uh, Planet X or oh, rogue kind okay. of kind of idea. A, a shutdown. Of a shutdown. Of affirmation. Yeah. Oh, well, like th- they've said that when the Biru passes by, it's going to cause all these cataclysms. And the last time it happened was the famous Noah's flood. Mm. They say the deluge. The deluge. The great deluge. Yeah. Like when it, when there was a necessary expunging of of life on the planet, the shit had got too much, and the Anunnaki wanted rid of it, mm. and the whole thing was. Keep the people in the dark. Now you said at the time of Noah they weren't going around with like like super ginormous lenses and yeah. DSLRs. I've seen Darren Ar- Aronofsky's uh, documentary. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, I know. He Ray knows. Winston, the last. Yeah, but Noah, who was uh, Ultra Hasis, who was one of the one of the Anunnaki descendants, he was part of this. He is like the son of the son of the yeah, yeah. Ba- the main god from Nibiru or whatever, and he was basically told like, listen, we gotta fucking flood the gaff. I don't really want to, you know, destroy everything. So get like a genetic sample of everything that's on the planet mm. and then like go get in a ship and, you know, yeah, we'll flood yeah. the whole gaff, we'll clean it, wipe the slate clean and we'll start again or whatever. And like this Ultra Hasis account of the Nibiru history and the history of the Anunnaki, it, it says that kind of thing where they'll, they'll just come in and wipe 95% Everything. just get yeah. wiped yeah. all it's all gone yeah. it well in the bible as well Noah's what like 600 years old yeah. and the Anunnaki are said to live for much longer yes. than the regular human cycle so if he's spliced that would stand to reason it's uh, kind of a half life of an Anunnaki yeah, yeah. <laughs> down and down yeah. but they, like there's loads of people that are saying that Nibiru is, is real and they have evidence like there's other guys that you that found yeah. who else, mm. who else I mean you'd be talking about someone like Lloyd Pye this is another guy who we'll probably mention across a lot of different episodes and he was just uh, another kind of 
tentpole in the in conspiracy canon. Uh, he's uh, kind of an author and a, a researcher, a conspiratologist, uh, if you will. And his point of view is that Nibiru is indeed real. He, he kind of agrees with the Sitchin side of things. Yeah. Uh, Nibiru is real. Uh, it's populated by the Anunnaki. They are our forefathers genetically. Uh, and he, he's very similar. He only differs in a couple of points with Sitchin yeah. in that he believes that uh, the genetic manipulation happened a little later mm. in in our evolution than Sitchin believes it did with Cro-Magnon Man, not with Neanderthal Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then his other belief is that the the biblical accounts of the Star of Bethlehem for the coming of that Jesus was Nibiru. that that was Nibiru God seen damn. in the night sky, mm-hmm. and that if you count that as zero AD as the last spotting of Nibiru being the Star of Bethlehem, then its next passing will be the year three thousand six hundred AD. Yeah. Zachariah Sitchin claims that five hundred and fifty six BC was the last spotting of Nibiru which will mm. put it around 2900 so Nazi leaders full of shit mm. well, and either way we're not going to be we're around not to be verify it well not unless one of us have Anunnaki blood in us and we're about 600 years old oh, I yeah. hope it's not no, we're just waiting I, I don't fucking want to you've got like Tanalos yeah I, I'm I'm good to fucking tap out at 70 yeah. like 75 I want to get my 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 like lump sum my pension you and just like, blow it in Las Vegas for like, 5 years Connor McLeod in the Highlander man you gotta be like dealing in antiques start collecting that shit now yeah yeah like your true, Game Boy true. in like 2000 years that's gonna be worth a fortune mm, I only have a Game Boy emulator <laughs> oh, no <laughs> that's not worth shit really yeah. um, the, actually one of the only other things uh, that Pi disagrees on is he thinks that every 3600 years or sorry Sitchin thinks that every 3600 years the Anunnaki stop off and like we were discussing earlier, they give us some advice. Oh, yeah. Boost just come in to touch base. Just yeah. to see yeah. how we're doing. When the planets are close enough, they literally hop off and it's fizzing yeah. past orbit. And like it's come a to ship Earth. or something like yeah. that. And then, uh, and then Sitch, or, uh, Pi doesn't believe this. Yeah, he thinks, it, actually, it's quite a setback whenever Nibiru passes. <laughs> and there's a massive extinction event. <laughs> not, not a good thing. Yeah, yeah, not a, like, good you, thing. Can you imagine like the magnetosphere being disabled by stopping the rotation of the Earth? Yeah. Like, the sun wouldn't fuck us up the, there'd be no light yeah. half the vegetation will die because of photosynthesis yeah I mean for people that don't understand what like, we're talking about when we talk about cataclysmic events like as we as we know that this moon has a certain amount of control over the tides on our planet it's got enough gravitational force to move the water around mm. if a giant planet like Nibiru is rumoured to be which is, four times the size of yeah Earth, the same size as Neptune which is yeah. four times the size and, and of much greater mass would come flying by then it's immense gravity would have incredible be yeah. lads flying off the planet pull your jocks there'd be, off yeah there'd be all sorts of crazy when we say like terraform what we mean is the continents and the the tectonic plates themselves being we'll be all reformed just re- wrecked essentially yeah, the, the pole yeah. shifted even the, like kind of fucked up even at that at that magnetosphere disablement like that that's that's the end oh yeah hmm. that's it that's like, not long from a slow extinction that's slowly over time that's like the your end atmosphere's wiped away the, the front, the top of your planet just cooks to yeah. nothing. The core yeah. will stop spinning. But even game over. E- even if even if you know like uh, it doesn't stop the spinning of the core, the core keeps spinning. It, even if it pulled all the water from one side, or like uh, okay, like one of the other myths that are around the existence of Nibiru, one of the other improvements are from a people called the Hopi tribe, mm. and they're one of these Anasazi, uh, Middle America Native American. Indian tribes right mm. and the Hopi are famous for these prophecies that they have and one of their prophecies is called the Blue Kachina and the Red Kachina which is basically the advent of Nibiru yes we're going to do a show on the Hopi and yeah we're going to go deep into their uh, prophecies yeah they, they have a lot of prophecies over there many different things and 
Some seem to have come through and some are yet to pass. Yeah, but we, and we don't know if they're wrong or not. We've been researching them over the last number of weeks and, mm. and man, some of the stuff they're saying is like pretty odd, but very, very close to what modern yeah, scientists are saying. And these yeah. guys have been saying it for hundreds of years. The Hopi's uh, history or their genesis, their origins is also really like questionable and, and kind of a bit strange. I was reading that they are the leftover descendants of the Ajiji, which were the slaves of the Anunnaki on planet Earth. Uh, I've also read that they came from these Ajiji descendants that occupy a hollow Earth. We're going to do an episode on the hollow Earth mm. theory where there's an actual civilization living inside the planet. Because, as you say, the planet is not round. Mm. And when you pass over a certain point in the northern or southern hemisphere, it dips into another basically like a planet on the inside of our planet which has its own heat source its own sun and has like giants and centaurs and all of these like mythical creatures that don't exist on the outside yeah are centaurs hanging around in there yeah there's I've been looking at a lot of well wait for the Hollow Earth episode to find out yeah Yeah. there's a lot of Hollow Earth stuff that I've been looking up over the last while I knew about the reptilians and some of the other ones why are reptilians centaurs like there's some folklore what did you think the reptilians were hunting well now now it's horsemen now I think it's horsemen but they think they think that these Hopi Indians have passageways to the inner earth or to the mm. hollow earth through uh, caves in the Grand Canyon mm. and in Arizona I mean the stuff that they know and the stuff that they come out with the way they live and the way that they have built their villages into the sides of the mountains and stuff like that mm. really indicates like a highly advanced society in a time when everybody else was like wiping the shit out of their arse with their hands yeah. Yeah. well Darren Yaku as well that giant uh I think we covered it in the Dumbs episode. Just yeah. a giant sort of underground um, city, city that yeah, would yeah. hold twenty thousand. Same in Romania, people. same yeah. in Africa. Like loads of these, and these are like like huge BC kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah, and the Hopi then say about this blue kachina, which is basically like a, a, kachina means like a star. Yes, uh, a blue the blue star yeah. is coming. Like their one of their creation myths is called the Spider Woman. We'll do this real quick. The Spider Woman came from another world and came to our planet and she had to balance it off because it was spinning out of control. It was like rocking and there was nothing being able to be settled on it. The the, the waters were... were uh, Too violent. Yeah, too volatile. And what she did was put a load of ice. She, she froze either side of it to give yeah. the water a bit of weight. North and the South Pole. To balance off the planet to, to stabilise the planet. And she put like the all the, the pyramids and a load of big rock formations all around the centre on ley lines, it, magnetic ley yeah, lines. I gave it its 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 kind of really nice three hundred and sixty five day turns mm. and mm. this kind of stuff to twenty four hours. It's nice and calculated, you know. Yeah. Um, the Hopi have a lot a lot to do with Nibiru history, and they do talk about it a yeah. lot. And in that show, we'll, we're 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 going to tip back into the information we've given you in this one. But uh, they also talk about a world passing and going into a fifth stage yeah. of man, a fifth age. They speak of the blue kachina when it. Uh, begins to dance across the heavens and removes its mask and reveals itself to the unknowing people that that will herald the coming of the the fifth age the fifth new world and I'm sure if ancient Hopi knew what NASA was they'd be like and that there will be a blue kachina and NASA will not tell you about it (laughs) they're going to keep it a secret be sure to get on the internet and oh 
there's going to be an internet. Like, they were really good <laughs> yeah. at prophesizing stuff. You know they really were good at the end, seeing what was going to happen. And not like, you know, Nostradamus prophecies. I mean, you know, they weren't... They were very they weren't, debatable. Yeah. yeah. Um, these were kind of like 40 years down the road kind of prophecies. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, close enough in time, enough that whoever's made the prophecy would be alive to see it either happen or not happen. Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, I'm remembering this wrong. Did the Hopi predict Hitler? Not that I came across. Nostradamus the had a... It was a very strange, convoluted sort of wasn't like metaphoric kind of a thing about there was Hitler, a little, little history in there or something as well. History that was, history. Something, that was something to, to do Hitler. with the it was a geographical like it was a place right. and history and they were like history Hitler sounds like Hitler and really. really close to yeah. Hitler man yeah but even same way that Obama sounds like Osama to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one about nine eleven that. Uh, Nostradamus said Nosferatu Nostradamus the silver eagle yeah he didn't do that like no. That turned out to be some guy who did it in '97 to say like, "Watch, these can be anything," yeah. and then that happened, and everyone jumped on it. And is he the orchestrator of 9/11? Who knows? Could be. What was his name? Uh, Dick Cheney. Hister. Uh, Jim. I John. Think. Jim Hister. <laughs> Jim Hister. <laughs> Jim Rumsfeld. <laughs> You're guilty. So, Zachary Sitchin is is the main dude though we talked about all of those people like Lloyd Pye and yeah. Nancy Leader and stuff like that and the Hopi like Zetchen is the Zetchen boy Zetchen gave us he's the, the timeline yeah he's, he's badass he's the guy that says okay look there are these people they come from this planet mm-hmm. they have this technology and they are for real and they're real because what? because I say so yeah. Well, are you going to argue with me? Do you read cuneiform writing? Or cuneiform? Depends how you pronounce it. Do you read it? No, I fucking do. I spend ages pretending to learn how to do... Oh. <laughs> I mean, teaching I spend ages t- teaching myself how to read cuneiform. And I'm fucking... Imp- now, in our in our Stitching show, we, we kind of discussed if, if he had a bit of artistic license. If he yeah. had a bit of a, mm. a, a new world perspective. Looking, living in living in New York in the 60s, man. New people York. fucking smoking a dank weed and having the mad crack. Talking about fucking politics and, you know, fucking people with no condoms on and shit. And like talking about peace and love and revolution. Everybody like, was circumcised, yeah, man. Yeah, there was no, not a foreskin to be found. <laughs> new York, man. Come on. So Sitchin is... is Throwing out some really like heavy stuff, mm, yeah. some heavy material, but also like, in a way, it's not a very specific, should, yeah, very specific, but also like really heavy as to like the history of the world as we yeah. know it. Oh, he completely tri- rewriting, tri- completely rewriting everything, brand new history timeline. Yeah. And this is heavily involves Nibiru and mm. this planet that definitely exists to him. Uh, it the, the the history and how they came down and genetically modify humans and like they have a plan for us like it's yeah. it's a real mm. alternative religious like god story it sounds it sounds like he knows what he's talking about it's yeah. very very detailed it it really is detailed he's, he's speaking even of of Nibiru itself and uh and the people that are on it like he has all these customs it's from ancient Sumer so ancient Sumer is like Mesopotamia uh, Iraq Iran like that whole section Babylonian uh, Babylonian times, times all that, yeah. that that Middle Asia part way back when you're thinking Egyptians back further like back Romans further. back further. further like Greek back eight, further 8 9 thousand years ago around about them times and he's saying like that there's geographical uh, 
specific geographical locations where these cities were, the names of these cities, what those cities were for. Yeah. He claims that these this was there was a spaceport. He claims that uh, the Anunnaki created the human race as slaves to mine gold so they could send the gold to back to Nibiru to fix the broken and damaged atmosphere with like molecular molecularized gold when they like break it down to a molecular monatomic level. gold it wasn't monatomic yeah I think it's, well I don't know all the videos I saw they called it monatomic yeah so they, they they atomize the gold and fire it into the atmosphere yeah. and it protects it protects the planet from radiation and stuff like that yeah that's know? what Sitchin says about Nibiru Nibiru's atmosphere is slowly eroding away yeah. which means a slow and painful extinction for the Anunnaki on the planet and what they've discovered is that uh, gold in in molecular form pumped into the atmosphere somehow either stabilizes their atmosphere or allows it to reflect yeah and poly also or... goes with uh water being a huge thing for the anunnaki so obviously they seem yeah he's yeah, just earth that, has uh, a shitload of it so earth yeah. is like a pit stop for nibiru every time it flies yeah. by it's just like gives out your gold in your water yeah 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 and uh Fuck. so i mean scabby bastards scabby bastards Sitchin which you think they're, they're the two most prized possessions on earth on earth yeah. water, water. Yeah. and Sitchin was saying they arrived four hundred and fifty thousand years ago so that's kind of his when they meet us point. and it all starts kind of well when they meet us in this iteration in this iteration yeah yeah and this is obviously with the Sumerians um, what's interesting I found was the Anunnaki like come from the sky right mm. um, in like the Abrahamic kind of bible they would go with fallen angels mate with the daughters of men and they create the Nephilim right yeah and I got a bit confused here, but he said that the Nephilim are the Anunnaki, right? In something I read, I'm not sure if that's what yes, he was saying. Yeah, I've yeah, seen him say that before. But to me, that like if it was to translate and make sense, because he also ties the Anunnaki in with Noah, Horus, Ra, and a number of other kind of so many different religions. Yeah, so all of the Anunnaki, like all the Greek gods, yeah, all yeah. the Roman gods. Um, it, like ancient Egyptian yeah. gods basically that any civilization like, of man that came up with their own mythology their own gods the their Anunnaki own stories brought into it it's the Anunnaki that's where it all stems from that nobody ever had an original idea no yeah. humans ever had an original idea yeah. we all just rip off their soap operas but it does it, I mean it, it almost makes sense in a way because if you imagine say let's just go with the bible um, so you have the Anunnaki the fallen angels mate with the daughters of men creating the Nephilim right yeah mm-hmm. So let's say that's the Anunnaki come down, they splice the Homo erectus or whoever we have there, and that creates Homo sapien, us. So we are the Nephilim in that context. But then in the other context, the Nephilim are these giants. Yeah. Like that's what they are. And there has been right? physical evidence found, like yeah. uh, road workers in Costa Rica found like a 45-inch femur. And yeah. if you put that together on a body, it means your man's nine foot tall. Like. And there's the Book of Enoch then as well, yeah. which is like, well, tells the giants about, walk the world. Yeah, yeah. What Sitchin spoke about was that he was in, in Bible studies and he was told about these Nephilim, these giants. And that's when that, he that started, yeah, yeah. And he started to question that. And what he looked for then was to find out who the Nephilim were. Right. And that he was then led to the tablets of Sumer and the Anunnaki. So his, question, yeah. his questioning of the Nephilim being translated the word Nephilim translated yeah. into Greek meant giant so that's where we that's take I don't know giant if you say, I don't believe he biblically said the Nephilim were the Anunnaki right. just that that's what started him on the path to look for the Anunnaki no but he so said the way, biblically no the way he translated it is that the Nephilim translated into Greek is from Nephali 
or Nefala and and the vowels are kind of inferred because the way they were writing this old one only had consonants. Yeah. So when you put like Nefala or Nifala or Nofali, depending on what vowel like you whatever put, way you put the, it, yeah. it means a different Any word. Oh, so right. the Greek version of it means giant. And then he put a different way, a different way of talking on it, and it meant those that fell from heaven. Because key what, means earth yeah. to earth, yeah. So yeah, that's sure. what Anunnaki is. So, like, that's Sitchin's interpretation, interpretation of what the Nephilim yeah. are. Mm. It's not. It's not. You know, gospel the, as yeah. it were. <laughs> but his actual his actual history, kind of as you said, it starts somewhere about half a million years ago. Yeah, uh, about five hundred thousand BC, say. And Nibiru's atmosphere, as we said, is eroding away. Uh, their their leader is Anu. The yes. Anunnaki, the, the leader of all the Anunnaki, the people of Anu, and he deposed Alalu, who in 450,000 BC comes to Earth. So Alalu is the first Anunnaki that reaches Earth. Around 445,000 BC, that's when Enki, the mm. son of Anu, the leader of yeah. the Anunnaki, the leader of Nibiru, Enki arrives on Earth. So Enki is the one, he's the the one that loves us. He's the first guy that's here. He's the lad that everybody thinks here. Yeah, this is God. Like, this is our... Yeah, he's... well, what happens is there's nothing here when, when they arrive. Enki arrives and there's just Anunnaki and okay. some... some. So kind of... Earth is empty. They rock in. Well, Earth is empty of higher beings. They rock in and the, the smartest thing around is a... Homo erectus. Is a Homo erectus yeah. kind some, of thing. Some, like, 60% monkey. Yeah. Okay. So they see it as an animal. They don't even deal with it. They go about the gold mining as yeah, they're supposed yeah, to. Yeah. Uh, so, 430,000... Who, who, who digs the gold? The Anunnaki themselves. They set up there. They arrive in Earth uh, at a redo, a place they call a redo, also known by Sitchin, translated by Sitchin as Earth Station 1. Right, yeah. that's in Sumer. Yeah, which seems very clever. Yeah, which is in Sumer, Mesopotamia. Uh, the Persian Gulf, that sort of area. That's where they arrive. They begin mining gold themselves. Uh, 430,000 BC, Ninerzag, the uh, sister of Enki, daughter of Anu, Who's um, also known as Isis by all accounts. Yeah, she's the one mm. that's that's claimed to be like she's the Earth Mother. She's the and the reason she's the Earth Mother, she was the medical officer. She was she came right. uh, with the, the ability with of genetic manipulation or the skills to do it. Yeah, uh, four hundred thousand BC. Uh, well, four hundred fifteen uh, thousand BC. Pardon me. Anu arrives with his heir to the throne, Enlil. So this is Anu's favorite son. This is this is the taskmaster. This is the tough guy. This is the boss. Yeah. Well, the mm. boss's son. Yeah. So this is the guy. What, what you what you like is having the boss's kind of idiot son and his daughter who doesn't care about running things. He's like the greasy haired asshole from the Green Mile that comes rocks into the. T- that's t- exactly. Like, so Emil shows up and he's just like, I, I, I'm next on the throne. I'm, I'm in charge here now. All you guys shut up and listen to what I have to say. So he he's wanting to prove something. He's like a hard taskmaster. He's a bad bastard. Exactly. He's left behind by Anu, who goes back to uh, Nibiru after having defeated the grandson of Alalu, who. You know, three generations down, still wants to have a pop for the throne, loses, and he goes back to Nibiru and leaves Enki, uh, Enlil, and Ninerzag on Earth. Uh, mm-hmm. Essentially, with Enlil in charge, he's heir to the throne of Nibiru. Yeah. So it's like Tree's company already, like. Exactly. Yeah. Problems, problems, right? I'm sure, like, Enki and Ninerzag already had chips on their shoulder yeah. for the favourite son, yeah. the heir to the throne, the Prince William, if you will. <laughs> and Anu, while he was on Earth, said, I need that fucking gold. We need that gold. We need to fix the atmosphere. The plant's on the way out. Yeah. Get digging. And they drew lots for which areas those they would have. And uh, Enlil ended up getting Africa and Enki stayed in Sumer. And they made all these really like powerful cities with these like huge ziggurats that can, the, the ruins of which can still be seen today. Um, it was, it was a big operation. Yeah, supposedly and they had they had a lot of people from the Biru, a lot of these workers 
that they called the Ajiji. Mm. So these yeah. are like kind of uh, people that were brought from Nibiru were housed both on Earth and in space stations floating yeah. above Earth. And these were the grunt workers. Yeah, but they were the drones. There were giants like nine foot mining yeah. machines, like yeah. huge Good alien, physical, like physical bios who were in digging for gold, getting the shit out, smelting it up, putting it onto spaceships in Sumerian cities and sending it yeah. off back to planet Nibiru, right? Working real hard. Super happy hard. About it. So and like by, by 400,000 BC, they've up to seven kind of large colonies on Earth. Uh, and so, as we said, some of these are supposedly known, like in, in Sipar, supposedly there was the spaceport. That's the one they were flying on the go back from. In Nippur, there was the control center. This is HQ, essentially. And then in Shurupak, there was the metallurgy center. This is where the gold would be prepared to be sent back to mm. to Nibiru. <clears throat> where we make a stop on an off-planet space station where the Ajiji were manning, and then it would be forwarded on to Nibiru for dissemination into the atmosphere. Yeah. Apparently, all of this is in Sumerian tablets. Yeah. This is all from Sitchin, all this info. Yeah. Wow. All of this comes from Sitchin. This is Zachary, this is, as we, we should say, this is the alternate timeline history of the planet Earth and mankind as told by Zachary Sitchin. Like, if yeah. it is real, if it is true, all right, we'll deal with that. But mm. if it's fake, boy, that's a fucking good story, man. Yeah. It's yeah. Not that's bad, a Michael Bates. He wrote, it, he wrote enough a... books about it as well. Yeah. Like, Jesus. I Even think... as a, the book of Enki and stuff, like the all the shit he did, it's like, Better call Saul, but yeah, he knows exactly tanky, what the crack yeah. is. But what a what an imagination if it is, <clears throat> yeah, you know, absolutely. We made it all up, yeah. And the fact it ties into so many, like it's like interliterary, yeah. interreligious kind of ideological, to be honest, which yeah, is kind of a cool a genre code kind of element here. Where yeah, yeah. If he yeah. is making this up, he's picked actual historical events and connected them yeah. to this this extraterrestrial like he's, explanation. He's either like telling the truth, or he's a really seriously good. Linguist, archaeologist, anthropologist, and historian. He was yeah. an econ. He had a degree in uh, economics. No, a degree in economics. Yeah. A degree yeah. in economics from the University of London. And yeah. That's right. And he then he was a journalist and editor in Israel. Mm. But and maybe, having grown up in Palestine, that's right. Yeah. So I, that that could be fodder for an autobiography. Totally. Yeah. He's a, he's a but, incredible uh, figure. He just yeah. went the other way and started going for like science fiction straight up. Yeah, that's the best way yeah. to get out of the yeah, get man. out of the troubles. But, but um, he's. Like, the way he puts it all together and the way we've been even describing it, like if anyone's watched Zeitgeist, uh, you know that these gods and these like figureheads, these godheads, they're always portrayed almost the same way. The same stories happening again. Mm. Like they have Jesus, mm. the Jesus story of, you know, born of a virgin, dying on the cross, did all the stuff and all the murder. Like, that's repeated loads of times by, like, Dionysus and Hercules and all of these, like, god figures, these messianic figures that are the offspring of a god. Yeah. So the god comes down and impregnates the woman. That sounds like, you know, artificial insemination. Does all this stuff. He's, like, super intelligent and he's, like, more powerful than normal humans. And then when he dies and his body gets, like, taken up to heaven in a... A beam of light, and it's all like that. Sounds like someone's getting, you know, abducted mm. by aliens. I always felt, I always felt that the story of Genesis sounded like the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah. If you listen to the first few verses of Genesis, there was nothing, and then there was a word, an intangible thing. Yeah, that that mm. word was God. That intangible thing that you was there, you had to believe was there, but you couldn't see it, you couldn't feel it, you couldn't buy it or sell it. <laughs> yeah. That was God. Yeah, that God said, "Let there be light." Kaboom! Within seven days, there's enough 
of a time-space continuum to, to have life exist. Yeah. It's cool, though, because on the seventh day, he takes a rest before inventing days, which I always thought was very interesting. Very yeah. clever. You know, he, he, just he took a rest like, and he said, I better, I better have I better some get a catalog of the work I've done so far. Like a day off kind yeah. of a thing. He here, wanted yeah. a day to sit out in the sun, and he was just like, I just want a day to sit out in the sun. Yeah. I'll invent ah. days. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 380,000 BC, give or take, uh, we have the war of the, give or take. yeah, we have the war of the olden <laughs> gods. Now, this is where Enlil and his followers, the Enlilites, uh, fought against the grandson of Alalu, the deposed leader of, of Nibiru, yeah. and his followers who were disgruntled Ajijis. These were Ajijis who were toiling in the mines of South Africa. And much if you found someone toiling in a mine in South Africa today and asked them, they'd probably say, this is shit. Yeah. <laughs> and Don't like this. The same thing back then. You yeah. were like, this is shit. But not only we don't want to do this. Toiling, it wasn't for like a few years or whatever, right? So you have to understand then, according to Sitchin and according to other Nibiru scholars, right? The Anunnaki lived for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So imagine relative to Earth years, our one year is 365 days and we live approximately, let's say, for you know easy multiplication a hundred years right our bodies can live for a hundred years so that's a hundred times 365 if you take that relative terms to the anunnaki lifespan they one year for them is 3600 years and that's called a sha to them and they live for a couple of hundred sha do you know so that's a couple of hundred times 360 these guys can live for half a million years so these Ajiji are coming down there. At this point, this is 380,000 BC. They landed in at 450,000. That's 70,000 years. These fucking Ajiji have been digging and they're immortal yeah. pretty much. So mm-hmm. they've been working their asses off forever. No pension plan, no retirement package. 70,000 years, son. That's mm-hmm. a lot of time. So they're like, fuck this bad work. Mm. This is a shit job. I'm out here. So Ninazeg steps up to the plate as chief medical officer and with the help of her brother Enki uh, this is around 300,000 BC they create a primitive worker from uh, a genetic manipulation supposedly of kind of ape women of, mm. of uh, Neanderthal humans mm-hmm. and uh, genetically manipulate them to make them smart enough that they can follow orders and do their work and have a, a brain designed that it's working on resonant frequencies that they can control quite easily well the thing with Enlil and Ninazeg like they there was a there was a there was a civil war amongst these Ijiji hmm. and they basically were gonna be like, We'll wreck the whole place. We yeah. will fuck We'll bring this whole, this whole thing down. The whole fucking place. Is Which will then bring down the bureau. And they were given they were given this to a council of you know, Anunnaki. Mm-hmm. And the Anun- Anunnaki, like Anu included, they had a vote basically mm-hmm. on what was gonna happen. And the vote was to genetically make these humans but they tried with loads of different types of bipedal humanoids, like loads of different types of animals even. They were looking for like, what's the best thing to turn into a worker? A horse and a man mixed together. Yeah. A guy, he can fucking... What do you call that? Uh, with like the head a of a horse naysayer. and the legs of a man. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Sorry. I didn't, didn't oh say god. it. Oh my god. Twice so, the shit and half the dick of a normal horse. <laughs> I was thinking the head of a horse and the arms and legs of a man would be shite. Yeah. Uh, oh, was so that a horseman? They were, yeah. They were, trying to, they were trying to create like the perfect worker. So mm. there was a um, a genetic laboratory apparently in South Africa and Ninazeg was like head honcho down there and she was like, okay, let's 
bring in all the animals that we think we can make into a worker. That monkey that has the wide nostrils and the fucking humpy back, bring him in. He looks like he can lift a bit. That horse, I bet you, I bet you, you know, if a fella could dig with his hands and then carry it away with his really strong body, he'd be a great worker. Yeah. And all of these like mythical animals, minotaurs, mm. centaurs, bigfoots, like, they're all coming from this time when they were genetically manipulated. Yeah. And they eventually decided, yeah, we're going to take a Neanderthal and we're going to evolve him. Make the greatest worker ever. Yeah. And that's where Korean people came from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. And next we shall make the Polish. <laughs> we'll get some plumbing done around here. Yeah. Like the genetic manipulation uh, was a huge part of like our evolution as it is now and our brain function. And they implanted these like frequencies in our heads so okay. they could control us. So the way the human body works, right? Yeah. Which is basically on frequencies. So you're seeing with your eyeballs a light frequency. Yeah. But you can only see up to a certain point. So you can't see infrared. You can't see ultraviolet. We're made that way so that they can, Anunnaki or whatever, you know, uh, energy they have, they can hide that from us. Yeah. By existing. They don't want us seeing in the infrared because they like predator exist very much in the infrared yeah, they can they can right. they can be like interdimensional beings or or you know they can hide from us in plain sight because we're not able to see them you know uh we're not able to understand the forces with which they do their work you know uh hourly we yeah. can only hear like zero to twenty thousand yeah. hertz we can't hear above that so if mm-hmm. they're able to communicate above twenty thousand hertz we're not going to be able to understand well, there is yeah. a part in the bible about the nephilim um the spirit of the Nephilim haunting the earth like ghosts that we can't so, perceive. That we can't, yeah. So I mean, is that a fifth dimension kind of? Yeah, yeah. And like so we know from, we know from to... like dogs' noses that there's there's a molecular world to be smelled that we can't get. Yeah, 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 we yeah. can't. Our like we have a pretty shitty system. Yeah. going on. Like we know from the shitty. sharks, there's like an electromagnetic world that we can't connect to. The strings that of Lorenzini or something, yeah. isn't mm. it? Yeah, like, it's like a, yeah, they can sense two batteries by the coast, like for miles and miles away, or something. And they can tell you if ones are running out. And they're, yeah. and they're cool as fuck. Yeah, yeah. sharks, sharks awesome. like, they have lasers on their head. Get in. Like, awesome. We're a really shit. They dance with Katy Perry. Badly. <laughs> we're a really shit, like, product. Do you know? Mm. Like, mm. we're good for lifting stuff and moving stuff and working. And only in the last, like, 150, 200 years have, have we, we stopped doing, have we stopped doing yeah. that and yeah. started going. Oh no, fuck all that hard work and lifting shit and dying of famine and disease. Let's make medicine so we don't get sick. Because we were only living for 30 to 40 years. Mm-hmm. Like the, we were working and burning out. Getting a disease, gone. Really short lifespan. According to like, you know, modern archaeology. We were genetically engineered that way. Because if we were alive for 200 years, after 100 years we'd be like, fuck this shit. <laughs> and we'd come out and go, hey everybody, fuck this noise. Yeah. I've been here 110 years. You're only 44 Shit doesn't get any better. And so, where the Ajiji told the Anunnaki, genetically engineer something else to take over from us, we'd have come walking here in the mines going, get that goat over there. Genetically <laughs> engineer him take over. 200,000 years later, the goat comes out and goes, fuck that, I'm not doing that anymore. Get that turtle over there, get him in there. So genetically engineer him. And we've a planet of everything talking and intelligent and lazy as fuck. Yeah, everybody's lazy. We're genetically engineering laziness. Yeah. So, the Anunnaki didn't want to give us too much, too much awareness. Mm. Like, like we were talking about um, Alexander the Great and Joan of Arc earlier on that's apparently because there's a part in the brain called the corpus callosum which joins the right with the left hemisphere of the brain and that gives us our sense of um, our sense of self yeah 
gives us that inner monologue that we're able to understand, you know, and that's only developed in the last few hundred years, they're saying. And that's a real big step up in humanity that before, if we thought we heard a voice in our head, thought it was God because we didn't know it was our own heads. There was nobody sitting around contemplating shit. Like Plato and all, yeah. Like he was the one that was doing it so much. He did that like a few hundred years ago and we still talking about the cunt. Yeah. Like, that's how good he was for doing that. Now, everybody's an armchair philosopher. Three of us sitting around the microphone being all like, yeah, and the Biru son, shit is real. Like, we're able to do it now because we're able to think about it. But back then, they didn't have the evolution to be able to do it. And... And you're talking over a very short period of time that we evolved all those things. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Fuck. like a couple of, short. couple of hundred years. Why Why do you think they want to elongate history? To make us feel like that we had took a way lot longer to do it. To get to where we are in civilization yeah, now. because we have that blood of the Anunnaki in us. Because the Anunnaki were coming down, like Eamon said in the Bible, mm-hmm. the fallen angels were coming mm-hmm. down, yeah. seeing a few nice genetically engineered titties and being yeah. all like, mm, want some of that shit? Oh yeah. Oh and getting goodness. into it. And then having these babies, which Sitchin is saying, the Nephilim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other people are saying that these Nephilim were the giants. Yeah. They were from uh, the coupling of a human genetically engineered female and an Anunnaki yeah. alien. And then they, when they were born, they were like uh, Paul Bunyan. They were like 40 foot high, massive giant creatures yeah. that were going around like wrecking you, the you get a, a regular sized lion and a regular sized tiger to have sex. Liger. And the liger yeah. comes out twice as big as both massive. of them. Twice yeah. as dumb as both of them. And exactly. That's, yeah. that's, yeah, twice as retarded as both of them. So that's these, kind of the idea here as well. giants like roam the earth and they're finding femurs of these giants. So that's mm. what one of the big floods was. Yeah. So, this is jumping back into Sitchin's time. I read 250,000 years ago. Enlil takes some of these. They're called Adamus by Enki and Ninezeg. They yeah. call them Adamus, these, these Cro-Magnum men that they create, these Neanderthals that they genetically engineer as, as workers. 250,000 years ago, Enlil takes some of these Adamu to uh, his station in Eden in Mesopotamia. So he takes Adamu Adam. to Eden. Uh, and there, uh, there's an ice age kind of sets in. Well, a bit of a, a cooling, a glacial period, and an ice age comes on. And in around about a 200,000 year period, these Homo sapiens do what Homo sapiens do. And they get busy, Ooh. and suddenly you get a lot more. Eden starts becoming super populated. Um, Enlil starts casting people out of Eden because there's just too many of them. They're overpopulating each other. They're basically doing the they're, they're doing the original sin of getting up on each other that's uh, day was, and night. That's why it was made the sin to make them try and not by conscience. Yeah, that forbidden fruit. Yeah, but why they, would you genetically engineer a propensity to fuck people because of orgasm feels good? And then they were like, "Oh man, we should have just went with the dolphins." I think. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't fucking as much they like it but they weren't having as many they're not mental for it the way these are <laughs> yeah. they were responsible at least Jesus but so we're at now we're at about 100,000 BC about 102,000 years ago say and uh, we're about 8,000 generations down 8,000 to 10,000 generations down of these homo sapiens and by this stage it seems that homo sapiens have become quite aesthetically pleasing mm. at least to the point where these gods amongst us these Anunnaki mm. who created us out of nothing they're like, mm, this thing what we made is very tasty now, is it not? <laughs> and they step up to the play and they, as as gods do, they take their fill. They, uh, pun intended, they pretty much just go to town on some homo sapien yeah, ass. I believe that's where the term give it to daddy comes from. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, gross. It's horrible, <laughs> isn't it? It's really gross. <laughs> but this is what the Anunnaki do. They They walk amongst us and they come amongst us. Yeah. And uh, before we know it, there's a lot of half-bloods. 
knocking about the place. A lot, a lot of Harry Potter half blood princes. These, ne- these Nephilim giants. Yeah. Well, you can think like all all the stories of ancient Greece and ancient Rome and all these ancient uh, uh, civilizations were just you know Hercules was the 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 offspring of Zeus and a woman, mm. a human mm. woman, and he he was like super strong and going around the place like you know performing miracles essentially like Jesus yeah. but like being like super strong and has superpowers because he was a god's son yeah do you know Dionysus the same the son of a god yeah and these are the sons of Adam these are yeah, 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 yeah. gods themselves that are they're out there doing this demigods and as you would imagine you know, you know like today we have controllable though by, by human standards like the Ajiji had already revolted and gone back to Nibiru they're all like fuck this I'm out of here hmm. funny thing about the Ajiji rather do was, slave labour Nibiru, on Nibiru than earth yeah there was a couple of those that had really strange names like one of the main Ajiji who led a revolt in uh, the Middle East was called Allah oh mm. lord a god called Allah Spelt the same A. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, led a revolt against the, the Anunnaki slave In an attempt to free his people. Yeah, man. And he was like a godhead. He was like considered, you know. A god amongst the Yeah, uh, absolutely. And then they, uh, um, the Adamu that you were talking about, when they brought him to Eden, there was kind of, it was kind of like a petri dish to see would he take orders? Would he be able to concentrate mm. on the task at hand? Remember, Enlil was the tough one. Enlil was the, yeah. the taskmaster, the hard driver. He and Enki was... Stand pretty shit. He was the boy who was like, yeah, come on, let's see. Like These people are good, you know? Yeah, and, and, and Enki, it seems Enki and Inizig saw them as their, their children in a way. Yeah. Mm. Enough they started having sex with them anyway. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> and these Adamu, <laughs> these Adamu, <laughs> right, were... When they were chosen, like, yeah, this genetic version of humans as we know them now these mm. genetic versions the homo sapiens this is, is the one right. this is the yeah. one we've made it put your centaurs away put away your minotaurs put away your weird this homo sapien looks good it monkeys. smells good yeah. it tastes good it works good it takes orders good yeah bingo we nailed this got it literally to put and the, metaphorically to put the, <laughs> the the real like cherry on the cake of this genetically created species and to be able to make sure that this bloodline and this you know, genetic information will be passed down and it was a strong stepping stone, a strong starting block. They killed one of the Anunnaki, one of the Gigi, like the original guys, and they took his genes and they put his genes into the first Adamu, Mm. right? And his seed was chosen to go forward as he showed great promise. This is like if you're familiar with Star Wars Attack of the Clones, this is like the... uh... The Boba Fett. Yeah, the Boba Mm. Fett being chosen as the, the blueprint. Yeah. For all of these clones. For all these stormtroopers, yeah. yeah. So, uh, the Adama was like, yeah, he's really good at taking orders. Let's put this gene into him. And the name of the Ajiji that they killed and the genetic information was put into Adamu, the name of that Ajiji was called Yahweh. What does that sound? That fellow's name, Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh sounds like the name for God. Yeah. Mm. So these guys like, are thousands and thousands of years old and they're repeating over history. Like Again and again, they come up with different names like Enlil and Enki show up again and again and again in history like yeah so uh, Ice Age kind of fades out we're talking about like 75,000 BC mm. about 77,000 years ago Ice Age passes uh, the humans come out of the other side of the Ice Age having uh, procreated quite a lot and there's a lot more of us and there's also these kind of half-breeds running around these Cro-Magnon people that are have direct bloodline with the Anunnaki mm. with the royalty of the Anunnaki uh, these are kind of loved to some degree by Enki and Ninezeg who created them and so any humans of Anunnaki bloodline are stored to sort of kind of a ruling class. A class system is placed upon civilization and societies 
uh, everywhere all over Earth. And the people that are secretly put in charge uh, are these people of Anunnaki bloodlines, and they secretly control everything. So you think in that's the world. where this reptilian uh, the reptilian David idea, David or the, the Illuminati from? idea, or this idea yeah. of like a this secret a order society? Yeah, a tiered society with a secret order right at the top, a capstone, kind of less than one percent at the top that are are linked by some kind of bloodline and that are are completely inaccessible. Well, I was listening to some different podcasts and some different like videos on YouTube and stuff like that, and they say that these gods that are worshipped, like the old gods that are worshipped in the Old Testament that are renamed or whatever. Mm. So, for example, like when the flood came, uh, Enlil uh, is is the, the one who gives the order to bring the flood, to kill everybody. But because he has compassion for humans, he tells Seuzadra or Noah, his son, he was get a load of genetic information and put it on a boat so we don't lose everything that we've made because we spent ages making a Adamu yeah. and he's sound. And Nibiru's coming back around again. There will be tidal yeah. waves a thousand feet high. We're going to fucking, like, the, the council decided we got to flood this place. Enlil wants to destroy humans because they're starting to make too much noise. Well, he's I mean, really pissed of, off. Think of Enlil's situation here. He wants like, to get rid of these lads. We know about the kind of uh, scientists today that can clone things. Yeah. Sheep and whatnot, like yeah. Dolly. You imagine a scientist, like, cloned another human being and then starts having sex with it. The movie Splice. Like the movie yeah. Splice. We're going to say, dude, that's not cool. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't just create life in order to have sex with it. But that's essentially what Satanaki did. Yeah, they man. created life and started fucking it. I'm not sure so, that was yeah. their initial intention. I'm not sure it was their initial intention. Maybe it was maybe the intention of that guy in Splice. Yeah. But you can understand Enel's position here where he's looking at this going, if our dad gets back the next time, <laughs> Nibiru's coming back again, our dad, the king, is coming down to see who we've been getting on. If he sees you created a sex spot and started having sex with it because you were too lazy to do your own mining, we're going to be in big trouble. Yeah. This is like an episode, this is like a weird science. we got to get this fixed up before he gets back or we're all going to be in big so do you think trouble. Because they science. <laughs> do you think so they came from that? A planet where they had kind of kings and monarchs and all that sort of a hierarchy sort of system. System. I think then they, they brought that to our society. Yeah, and that's, exactly. That's yeah, but this is what they created. As, as Irish people, we we see a lot of our systems are very much the British systems that we were yeah, British yeah. all the time, and the way our systems, our judiciary systems, and our healthcare system and things work, they're very similar to the British yeah, way. Yeah, they handoffs. Yeah, they're handoffs, and they're they're watered down versions of it. What you would imagine is that if the Anunnaki are real and they do exist and they were our creators then human life, human society is pretty much a watered-down like version of yeah, Anunnaki yeah. life and society and monarchy. Just for one of those things about the flood, right, that, mm-hmm. that the, the naming of these gods, like an interesting point that I found, that when Enlil ordered this flood, Enki was the one that had to, you know, put the flood out to say, okay, right, well, this shit is going to happen. Let's orchestrate this flood. Another name for Enki who was the god of Neptune. So Neptune was his planet, mm. right? The other name for the god of Neptune is Poseidon. So Neptune, god of the sea, yeah, Poseidon. Yeah. Like, that's that's Enki. Yeah, the He's time. the guy that made that, that shit happen. And he was the one who also told, like, the Suyo Zodra, Noah, to, to go and put all the stuff into a board and make sure that these Nephilim because he wanted to exterminate the giants because there was too many of these things so yeah. everybody's fucking like these giants like the now, they're, they're freaks they're genetic freaks they didn't want like giants walking around yeah. yeah so they had sex with a few humans created these genetic freak children kind of in, interbred freaks anyway yeah. time to reset on this <laughs> okay, one time to wipe away the proof and, that we did this and some people are saying that like the, the giants escaped a lot of giants escaped there's even like a specific number of Nephilim that there was mm. 403,000 
is in is in the written cuneiform text of these, of these weird there giant was, there was walking around. A, a, yeah, a census of giants done, the four hundred three thousand, and they need to be yeah. wiped out. They say a lot of them escaped. And these giants were good earth. at returning their, their census for Yeah, they were, they were yeah. really good. <laughs> they were pretty on time. Really the, good the guy would call to the door and be quite snotty and go, you know, I'm a volunteer. <laughs> I don't get paid to come here and collect your census form and have you not have it done every week. But yeah. hey, and then you'd throw water on them or whatever. They're responsible, <laughs> yeah. dude. They're, 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 the, they're the children of gods. Like, yeah, true, true. You know so. what I'm saying? Do you think then from, from like this Illuminati creation or this class system, right? What I got from it, and I thought it was a weird point, could be perceived as maybe anti-Semitic, right? Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. It has to be said because I had a thought and maybe okay. maybe someone out there can enlighten me, right? Okay. So the gods of old, the gods of the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. So if like Poseidon or Neptune is like uh, Enki, these guys, they they repeat through all history yeah. as all different types of gods, right? So Enlil basically waters down to being the god of Abraham. Mm-hmm. So Abraham's god who's, you know very prominent in the Jewish faith, right? Yeah. So could it be that the the Jewish people are the descendants of these you know chosen Anunnaki descended people that they call themselves the chosen ones. They yes, come they from do. the area that the the cradle know, of life, that cradle of life, the ancient civilization, like space, space station one, mm-hmm. Earth station one, right? The they come from there. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they have been persecuted. Mm-hmm. They have been, you know, uh, thought of as like a separate species, mm-hmm. right? By you know, obviously the various characters history, and stuff yeah. like that. They've but never seemed to uh, to. Animosity to bring people them. into their religion, though, like yeah. other religions seem it's to be. It's very exclusive. Yeah, they're very right? exclusive religion. Uh, they obviously, you know, that's the mo- probably the most. It's like saying black people love play- playing basketball. Yeah, Jewish people have this propensity for gold and for jewelry that they're Schmuck. known. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. known to have. Is that just Americanized for? Yeah, well, I mean, or, like, I mean let's, you know, the Zionist throwing out, throwing out, throwing out stuff there. Throwing right? out stuff. I'm just throwing shit out there. We're right? coming from left field this yeah, time. Let's see so if we can get to the inner field. The, the the Anunnaki, like they want gold for their atmosphere. So maybe these people have, you know, stayed in the traditions of their people, which is to mm-hmm. mine and keep collect gold, collect and, gold. And, and, you know, and. Uh, they also say, you know, if you're talking about Illuminati, if you're talking about an elite ruling class that mm-hmm. are related to these alien godheads, in Freemasonry, just 33 levels of Freemasonry. And we know loads of the American uh, uh, presidents and loads of really powerful businessmen are really high up in the Masonic order, right? Yeah, Skull and Bones. Aside, Skull and Bones, all that crack, Freemasons, and, groups, yeah. uh, Bohemian Grove and all of these, you know, businessmen shaking hands and stuff like that. Above those 33 levels of Freemasonry, there is another seven levels of an even more secret society and it's called the Brinai Brit. And that is an exclusively Jewish club. So it's like super Masons. Mm. But it's only the, ch- the children of the yeah. Star of David well, to, 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 are allowed to enter. And and they're like super, super like wealthy, super, super powerful dudes. Hmm. Could that be because they're chosen ones based on their bloodlines and blood relations to Anunnaki? Could that be a thing? Hmm. Am I being anti-Semitic? Do they have like... You decide. Get us on Facebook. Get us on Twitter. <laughs> well, to, to Please protect don't ourselves get a little us. bit. I mean, I don't mean... This is kind of where Sitchin kind of goes with it. Yeah. You're kind of just picking up from where Sitchin leaves off. He takes it to the point of... Uh, sort of Abraham takes over as direct descendant of Enlil 
Abraham takes over the Holy Land, sort of, yeah. and gives it to his sons, uh, Seth and Isaac. Uh, and kind of history takes over the Cain and Abel, who were suspected to be Seth and Isaac, kind of take over from that point onwards. Yeah. Uh, so, Could according been. to Sitchin, that's where it stops, that the line of the Anunnaki runs into the line of, of Jewish people and mm. onwards. And then the the other side of it then is could another Anunnaki have made a bloodline in you know the the line of King David mm. who Jesus is descended from so it's like Abraham on one side and he's going after the Jewish tribes David is going on this side and it ends up being like the Christian religion yeah you know Allah one of the Ajiji he goes off and he's a rebel and you know he's then becomes like the the king of the crescent moon yeah. and are you thinking you, you know? can see the the kind of the personality traits of Enlil in the the Jewish faith and, and the just look at the face of Enki and the Christian faith look at the Muslim symbol I know there's a different reason behind the Muslim symbol but that crescent moon and a star you know who's to say that it's not from and maybe you're appearing from behind the sun yeah who's to say you know that's something that maybe some uh, theologian could look into maybe and have yeah. a, if Zachary Sitchin hadn't died in 2010 he could have wrote a book on it yeah, yeah. he there probably did and we just haven't read it yet so what what happens then we're looking at we're pretty much there. I mean, Noah it, yeah. saves the 5% of human life from the mass extinction. Yeah. And we're back up to where we are nowadays because of him. And, I mean, it, it, we'll, we'll pop it up on the website. Sitchin does get a bit more, uh, like, uh, as we said, that's where kind of biblical history takes over. That's not where Sitchin stops. He continues to rewrite biblical history all through yeah, that yeah. period. Uh, there's nuclear wars and things to take over from that oh, point. All sorts of stuff. <laughs> radiation. 10,000 years of radiation that fades away in less than 2,000 years. That kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think we're... Uh, that's he's, pretty much... Yeah, he pretty much... He, he, that's where he comes in and that's where it kind of meets up with our current religious mythology. Yeah, and he gets a lot of shit for that from real historians, real scientists. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's physically impossible. It's, it's you know... He's like the king of... Anthropologically yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So if all this stuff is real... It's a difficult you know, thing to say, yeah. There would be evidence of it. Yeah. If there was a alien descended super society of higher beings that have a They're plan. incredibly more intelligent than we are. Yeah. W- would they not like maybe create some kind of a, a system where we would have to rely on them for sustenance yeah. and a be political, able to, industrial, yeah. economic system, uh, a not societal system, an infrastructure, yeah. put that in place, make gold a priority in the societies. Uh, have control of technology and water, as it moves and forward and water have control of technology as it moves forward to control the flow of information um, be able to control population by disease and war geopolitical you know movements in the borders of countries convince the people that these systems were created by the people for the people and they're made up of the people using technology and media to be able to brainwash them into thinking a certain way and not get too uppity in their you know yeah. bipedal hominid ways yeah. and to keep them fucking and producing and then yeah. as soon as they get too many of them make a wipe them out yeah just keep, keep pushing industry and technology at a faster exponential rate up until this coming when you know there's going to be this this coming of the planet the, the cataclysmic events and a resetting of this civilization and if I was an Anunnaki descendant I'd definitely be able to yeah. imprint in humans a fear of the unknown and absolutely no evidence to prove it yeah if like I was, a god religion make religion a huge part of the human condition make the 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 belief in an afterlife or a belief in some kind of religious construct 
a huge priority yeah. in our day to day operations. If I was if I was a descendant of the Anunnaki and a member of the Illuminati and I was controlling society, I would have black budgeted money constantly squirreled out from banking collapses in order to create massive deep underground military bases all over the world <laughs> to protect myself. Uh, I would have massive seed storage banks and DNA storage banks all yeah. over the world that are keeping alive uh, species of plants that will be destroyed by a coming apocalypse. No one's uh, arts all over the I would have massive server banks built underground in the mountains in order to retain the internet and, 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 information yeah, and information and history and everything. And I'd have huge amounts of stored and bottled water. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I would also, I would have reasons to explain away any kind of uh, as as we talked about earlier, any kind of environmental events that happen because of a coming planet. So I'd have like a, I don't know, some kind of a global warming theory to explain why a planet might get hotter or colder. I'd be having a kind of tectonic plate shifting theories yeah, to yeah. explain why we're having more and more kind of earthquakes and, and tidal waves and, and things, things like that. that. And then also I just have religion running for the last couple of hundred years, thousands of years to That's say the Anunnaki it's a wrath of God. People know who they are. Oh, yeah. shit, Anytime someone says, I saw a giant light in the sky and yeah, earthquakes yeah. are happening more, I'll just say, yeah, good, your God did it. He's angry. And religion's like sort that of shackle that science can't shake. Yeah. Like yeah. every time we're like, this is bollocks. It's... We just it still has to fight and pander to away, the yeah. side, and to yeah, any of, of those ancient societies you're talking about ancient Sumerians Incans Mayans Romans Greeks mm. Egyptians they all had a really really strong and staunch religious structure with religious rituals and prayer times religious effigies huge monuments to these gods that they had there was always a very prominent religious back bone to every major society that's ever succeeded hmm. it, all then, through history then you throw up a couple of tablets somewhere in like Elberton, Georgia yeah, just yeah. to let people know that what this is. these are the rules you follow because this is the only way you're going to come out the other side of this cataclysmic event and survive as a species or maybe yeah. <laughs> who knows maybe the Georgia Guidestones are the Brunei Brit or the you know the Illuminati that are just having the fucking crack yeah, yeah. well the Enki the ones who are secretly going behind the back of the rest of the <laughs> yeah. trying to whisper out what's happening and, and to get ready see the way Sitchin makes it it's a very nicely constructed like uh, uh, Cain and Abel like you said earlier on it's a very constructed yin and yang there's mm. an Enlil there's an Enki there's a good guy who's yeah. fighting for our rights and fighting and there's a guy a mother earth kind then, of figure yeah. there's a there's yeah. an overall it's, absentee father it's figure very nice it's a very human story it really yeah. is yeah. Well, well, I mean, yeah. obviously we it are does, the aliens so like Sitchin yeah. wrote this in the late 60s and early 70s mm. Mm. it really does resonate through every religious historical every generation text, every, yeah. everything that like even even to like really ob- oblique and obscure religions and ancient like civilizations like the Hopi and all of those Navajo and Apache like how the fuck did the Hopi know about the blue Kachina for like the last couple of hundred years yeah. and Sitchin is all in the 60s going blue Kachina maybe I could write it into my book clickety click no like He's getting it from one source, they're getting it from another source, and there's yeah. too many things crossing over to the make Egyptians it not so. Everyone seems to have their, yeah, their yeah, run on yeah. this idea of it. And, and there's some sort of truth to all these. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Well, this is. Well, let's all find out. Religions. I guess we've. Uh, We've got to the fence. fence. Yeah. yeah, we've come to that fence again, at the, in, right in the middle of the road. It's time to. Uh... We should possibly get like a sound effect for the off the fence. <laughs> I'd like to get something like that, maybe. Yeah, the sound of a fence. Uh, <laughs> listeners, if you know what the sound of a fence is, email us in. Let us know. What's the sound of a fence? It's Michael Richards <laughs> shouting the N word. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Sound of a fence. So let's get off the fence. Amy. Yeah. 
I mean, two parter, two parter off the fence. Okay. Uh, first of all, rogue planet or possible undiscovered star system connected with our own? Yeah, I'm into that. I think that's definitely think it's possible. You think it possibly it could be out there and we just haven't discovered it yet, though? Yeah, I don't know if you're going to call it Nibiru or whatever you want to call it. Um, but certainly, in terms of planets and moons, and I think that that's all possible. I well, certainly don't see a big problem with that with the existing. Yeah, like it's it's certainly possible. Right. And then that planet being called Nibiru, being home to the Anunnaki, and then being the progenitors of the human race. Nah. No, uh, no I don't. It's definitely uh, out there, but it's empty. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it's it's possible that there's this big thing flying around the place. That's, I'm alright with that. But uh this just this seems like fiction to me. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's the sitch and take on it. It's the yeah, like it's fine. It's a good story, man, for sure. But um, what about you know, intelligent design or like a genetic manipulation theory? Where do you sit on that? The idea that something seeded our planet, even if it fired a comet with the first RNA molecule on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea um, that something seeded something seeding the planet. I suppose the TMAT collision that could mm, be in yeah. technically no matter. Whether you want to say aliens did it or God did it or it was a random occurrence, we were seeded. I mean, there's even people who say that we're Martians and that it's part of Mars that hit our mm. Earth and the bacteria on that. So no matter what way you look at us, we're seeded. Whether the design's intelligent or not, I, I mean, I'm not going to... I fucking have You've seen someone in a pair of juicy velour tracks and bottoms <laughs> yeah. eating a bag of uh, quail at the tree in the morning. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> certainly seems to be pretty dumb to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking keeping up with the Kardashians or whatever is like... Uh, one of the most popular well, the Kardashians things. are like descendants of the Anunnaki the Anunnaki famously be, yeah. had ginormous arses yeah yeah fake yeah. arses <laughs> they had a big lovely fake sir, fake but arse if you, were, if you were an Anunnaki and you accidentally created a genetic model that ended up looking like Kim Kardashian wouldn't you come down off your spaceship for a bit of a feel oh yeah of course I'd, you would. I'd, I'd wonder what it was made of yeah, yeah. look at that and think what the hell is that part made of yeah, yeah. that giant caboose <laughs> that giant caboose uh, no I, I mean I, I like the idea I think it's a cool idea it's I assume movies like Prometheus maybe borrow heavily. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe, I don't know. From the situation. Well, the whole opening scene of that was like basically like the the Ajiji sacrifice yeah, themselves yeah. to seed the world. To seed the world. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I certainly don't believe, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I I think I, I have a feeling there might be something out there. I just What do you think about all the, the, what, get off the fence about the Anunnaki being these godheads that filter down through history and they're renamed and they're they're infinite in age and they have been you know uh, uh, reconstituted into many different religions do you believe that's true no no <laughs> why do you think that so many religions then are that because we make connected? up stories like lord of the rings and we write books about all like we just make shit up that's and then repeat do. that shit yeah, so uh, every where, every where story, story, every story that's ever well, that's like well, fucking chicken. Clever egg. person, like but, any. But think about it though. Like I am I thinking mean, about the, it. And I'm answered. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> what I what I mean is that like these things are coming from <clears throat> completely separate sources. Like the things that 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 Sitchin finds in the ground were there for what ten thousand years. But we were still humans. Like we were still sort of like the epic of Gilgamesh and all these really old sort of works of art and storytelling like we see our lives as a narrative and we see everything around us as a narrative and we portray it as a narrative it's but this one was, thing the Sumerian tablets were the first narrative and then they were buried and no one got to read them for years 
and then they had 8,000 years of people writing the same story again and again and again and then like a time capsule but we our opened stories that up, will be and that similar. was the first story the story of again. Spider-Man uh, is similar to this the story of our superheroes our new mythological sort of gods yeah. are similar to that <clears throat> the Roman gods are similar Jesus is similar they're all similar they're not similar I don't think because there's truth in it they're similar because that's what humans want that's I mean, what we can, to be like you can say like well why do we want to be that and all but to answer that why do we want to be that with aliens hmm. I, I don't know that that's yeah. a really you it's know the same like with modern movies where people would say why is you know the hero always got the girl in or what is this always happening at the end hmm. of the movie because we, we just have certain things that we always fall back on you know escaping by the air duct kind of thing yeah, yeah. If, if all the different religions have very similar stories it's because they're all just escaping by the air duct Paul yes <laughs> get off the fence uh, off Nib- the fence first of all Nibiru is it a real planet is it out there flying around Nibiru the Anunnaki Nibiru no just oh, Nibiru just the, the planet, planet. Just the just rock like, um, the rock yeah I go with the scientists out there that seem to be getting shouted down quite a lot that say the pseudo scientists yeah the pseudo scientists well even, well, even the non pseudo ones the uh, full suited <laughs> ones that say uh, no there's there's a wobble in Neptune there's, there's a lot of information out there that shows us that there's some sort of large planet even if it's not even an elliptical orbit even if it's a normal orbiting planet that's just a lot further out past the Earth field out past you know way past Pluto that we just haven't discovered yet because we can't see it because it's dark yeah I, I I believe there's a lot of scientists out there saying that and do you I, think it's what they say that it is that it's coming in a 3600 year orbit and all the very specific details no I find the 3600 year orbit thing only seems to come from the Sumerian tablets and from human accounts within the last 22,000 years and Nancy Leader's brain implant and Nancy Leader's brain implant of course hearing <laughs> that um, and certainly not the books that she read like McSitchin's books yeah um yeah. Do I believe we could have been created? Uh, yes. Do I think that, like, the way RNA formed as a molecule and then gave way to better protein strands, like DNA? Yeah. That seems possible. Scientifically, possible. Scientifically, does it seem like it could have just happened by itself? I think we would have got really lucky for it to just happened by itself for, for a, a molecule that orderly to just happen by itself but again you had to be really lucky for the big bang to expand the big bang to expand for, did, the, for the, the galaxies to slow down at the level that they did for dark matter to be for there, us as you said to not be destroyed in the soup yeah. of the milky way yeah. for us to be on the outskirts of it and not be to get flight thrown out like one of those weird planets that gets yeah. caught on the, the so, centrifuge uh, do I believe in intelligent design theory it's it's as believable as you know just pure random luck evolution theory random mutation theory it it seems exactly the same to me do I believe it could be possible yes I do believe it could be possible why wouldn't it is it probable is there a better explanation no I think they're all about the same they're they're all completely unproven (laughs) so far so like that 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 moment that spark of creation in in the pool of amino acids who knows man that's that's where God comes into play that's where I then have to start questioning what the fuck's yeah, going on in that one everything after that is simply explained well it, have, it happened in a different dimension one way or the other so yeah. there's some other hugging thing around yeah, that us did that. Around like, like all I know is something's running the gravity and it ain't me so <laughs> whatever's doing that probably made that moment of creation happen do you buy into the Sitchin cynics that say that you know, he's not a qualified Sumerian translator and that his opinion and his findings. Yeah, I don't I don't have any weight with Sitchin at all. I don't have any weight with his his Anunnaki as told through the Sumerian tablets. Do I believe that an alien species could have created us? Absolutely, but something created them. 
And then do I believe there could be a rogue planet or a binary star system running through our solar system? Absolutely, yeah. The science seems to point that it's more likely that there is than there isn't. Mm. So we'll see in the next few hundreds or thousands of years. We'll see if Paddy Pemmer's running odds on it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll make sure my grandkids are, are paying attention to whether or not there's a new planet discovered. Drop it down. That's all we can do, really. That's it. Off the fence, yeah. I believe in all of it. <laughs> but <laughs> nothing that Zachariah Sitchin says. I believe in all the scientists and all the pseudoscientists and the stuff that they're pushing forward. But not Sitchin. Not that stuff. Not the Anunnaki stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Gordon, would you like to get off the fence? Um, First of all, uh, rogue planet, planetary system. I, I think that it, it, like, the science points to, yeah, it could be. I mean, the mm-hmm. binary star system odds seem, you know, yeah. Higher okay. four than against. Yeah, it could happen. And I mean, it would explain a whole lot of stuff. I've always been, like, ancient civilizations is one of my favorite things to look up and um, ponder about. And I've always had that, like I said, that feeling earlier on of, like, the fourth stage of man and that we're on the brink of a new evolution of consciousness and you know the age of aquarius and all this stuff like i was fully expecting some shit to happen on december 21st 2012 Mm. like i put off college courses because i was like i don't want to be you know stuck in in third year of some degree while the fucking world is falling apart i was like i was nearly there man shit i should have been fucking (laughs) doing stuff in the last three years so instead i did nothing and just Mm. waited in a dark room with a giant in my hand (laughs) yeah Uh, but it didn't you know I fully, I fully want to believe in it, but I don't think that, that, that Nibiru. If, if there was a planet out there with another sun, like Hubble and all of these, all this technology, like there's too many people looking up to not see that shit now. But what if, what if it has been spotted and the powers that be are hiding it because they don't want us going fucking mental because we know there's a cataclysm coming? Well, then you have to look at stuff like the Disclosure Project and Stephen M. Greer, who has basically said, "Yeah, there is aliens. We do have." the technology to create um, uh, inexhaustible energy sources and they're from alien technologies and we have to not weaponize space because we have a lot of fucking lasers and as soon as anybody comes near us from another planet we're going to get all squirrely and fucking shoot them out of the sky and he has 400 witnesses that says that that's true like I do believe in aliens and if there are aliens they're going to come from a planet that's quite close to us people are looking at Mars people are looking at like Europa Jupiter's moon they're looking at Saturn they're looking at loads of places where these lads could come from to be honest yeah Nibiru could be a thing and a binary star system with the odds on for all the other stars in our in our galaxy mm-hmm. they all have like a second little baby star flying yeah. around we've only got space age technology for the last 100, 100 and odd years and this shit's going on for 4.7 billion so yeah Throw all the throw, throw all the straw in the air, and some of it's gonna land. You know, um, the Anunnaki and Zacharias. The Anunnaki. Yeah, I've always really believed in the Anunnaki, or like a a, um, a petri dish type of earth where some aliens came down. And an alien race and, among us. Yeah, I definitely creation believe, race. I definitely believe race. aliens. I definitely, definitely believe in aliens. Ever since first X Files. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's Sitchin's Anunnaki. I don't know if it's you know some Zeta Reticuli you know Zeta Reticuli FM flying into Nancy Leader's head and tell her all this shit (laughs) like uh, there's definitely a really weird correlation between all the different religions and I was asking I was drilling like I was drilling in questions at the Mm. moment like there's really like close correlation between all of these gods between all of these deity characters that I know 
are, are a part of the human condition and we want to, you know, live like Jesus. You know, we want to be able to follow the very wise and wonderful teachings of the Prophet Muhammad. We want to be able to read like the, the Bhagavad Gita and be able to follow like Buddhist teachings of peace and harmony and, you know, listen to John Smith's bullshit. Yeah, or but then we have like the Roman gods, the Greek gods, who are very different to that. Yeah, like that Norse gods, pagan gods, yeah. Egyptian gods, uh, uh, yeah, Norse gods, uh, like African gods, South American religions, and the the Incan worship of gold, like the gold and water thing. Like that's really gold, strong at yeah. the moment. And gold, gold always why, been a huge like, thing. Why would they pick gold as a thing? Yeah. And it's been like that all through. Uh, humanity and we know now how valuable gold is because we're able to measure how much of it is left mm. we know how much is there and we fucking hoard that shit and go this is the thing that's valuable we're putting that value on that why was it not copper why was it not you know in uh, terms of trading iron. though gold will like it's one of the only things that won't deteriorate so like I don't know if they would have known you know initially but basically if you're going to use something as a sort of a monetary source or a source for trade being touched but and the, and the oils from people's fingers yeah and like, like gold that. won't yeah. but, keep it but is that where is that where that comes from Bitcoin is a finite amount we can work with that that's mm. like opposite to how fiat currency works as far as yeah. being a finite amount attached to something with tangible value but it's just really strange how Zachariah Sitchin if he made that shit up mm-hmm. would attach gold to being able to fix the atmosphere of strange but obvious in the same way Mm. if I was writing if I was writing the 12th planet I would have picked gold as the thing that they came to the earth for I'd I'd have said gold water or uh, nitrogen what else would you have said I suppose I do believe in aliens I don't know if I believe in Sitchin's like version of the Anunnaki I definitely believe that there are aliens among us and that there quite possibly and, and almost almost definitely is a tiered system whether it's run by aliens or not. Like I was reading about the tall white men Uh and they have these... The Pleiadians, the Nordics, you know, whatever you want to call them, these blue-eyed, blonde-haired, Aryan-type aliens that have... that are super tall and, you know... These guys are in these deep underground military bases and and even uh, as I was doing my research, I found that the Defence Minister of Canada, Paul Hellier, former Defence Minister, says that there are two, quote tall whites that are in a, a deep underground mili- military base in Indiana Springs in Nevada and they're training the Air Force personnel in advanced military technology like this dude worked for the fucking government he did all these like uh, internet like Snowden confessions you he, know? Was, he was head of security for the Canadian government yeah and and they're, they, these guys are the Anunnaki who can't return to the Bureau because of the gravity difference uh, if they went back like because of the gravity difference on the different planets they'd die so they're stuck here. So they're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm helping out these guys. I'm like 700,000 years old. Could that be Enki and Enlil in their final days? They're sitting around in like smoking jackets going, do <laughs> this, do that. Do you know, yeah. like the Koch brothers or something like that. Who knows? Maybe the Koch brothers are Enki and Enlil. <laughs> yeah. And they're still having the rows like Talking billionaire. Talking like great, 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 grandchild. Absolutely. I do believe that there is like a hierarchy. I do believe that there is something going on. But maybe that's just my, my, uh substitution for religion I don't have a religion I don't believe in like going to mass and going to church and praying to gods and doing all that stuff so maybe the Anunnaki are my religion that's my could explanation could it be Asians, could it be Jewish it. people could it be Presbyterians could it be anybody yeah could be anybody. and why so many religions why so much focus on gold why so much focus on wealth 
Oh. How come we haven't evolved yet? What's the fascination with evolution? Why is everyone going mad for the X-Men? Like, we want to evolve. We want to go to the next step. Why, in the last, like, 30 years, has there been a massive fascination with the apocalypse, with the, the end of the world, with zombies, with, nuclear with the wars, change? With we want Terminator, to post-apocalyptic yeah, worlds. Yeah, we want to have that utopia that we always dreamed of. Has it always been like this? Maybe Will we ever know because we didn't feel it before because we've only been alive for 30 years? <laughs> no, we, we don't know before. We can feel what our parents felt, but sure, every generation thinks that the generation coming after them are stupid. Rock and roll and Elvis in the 60s and Coke in the 80s and now it's... Marilyn Manson in the 90s. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Eminem. We'll never know. But why this fascination... Rihanna, are we just with, naming people? <laughs> <laughs> why this fascination with like an apocalypse and, and you know, why, why is it so popular now? When it was released in the 70s, why is it only now that people are like, yeah, stop this shit? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Who knows? It's Who a, knows? It's a big one. And it's a big thinker. And I hope you have, uh, you know, a lot to look at on the website about these sources that we found. There's loads of stuff. Yeah. So much stuff. This was the point of doing a Nibiru episode. Was to, uh, of, of all the topics out there, this is one where you're going to be landslided with shit when you go looking at yourself. Yeah. So yeah. we... we Believe it or not, there's a reason we all sound tired. We we all slog a, a lot of shit to come to the conclusion that yeah, <laughs> maybe a lot, a lot of hard work to end up with. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I'd say if yes, then yes. If no, believable too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's it then for our Nibiru episode. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. It was a long slog. It was a big topic. And, yeah. uh, if you stay to the end, fair play yeah. to you. We made it through. If you listen to this in four or five different parts over time, then you're more intelligent than us. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that. Yeah, but, uh, but a lot of you do. We, we get the comments from you. We realize you do. So all it leaves us to say is thanks very much and we'll see you next time on those yeah. conspiracy guys. Uh, anything you think about this, hit us up, let us know. Uh, and You can get us on email, thoseconspiracyguys at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at tconspiracyguys. We're on Facebook, uh, those conspiracy guys. And uh, you can see us on the website. We have all these articles and all these sources, stuff you can't find or stuff that's really hard to find through all the, the muck on YouTube. Yeah, all the computer voice really badly musicked. <laughs> yeah, we'll tracks. let you know if you're about to. If you need to turn the sound down, deep before voice then Lincoln Park and some yeah. weird <laughs> pictures of the pyramids. Yeah. <laughs> and the twelfth planet is worth a read if you can get it on a PDF somewhere. I'm sure there's like yeah. a yeah. ghost one. I'm mind. pretty sure there's uh, copies of a night not even illegal downloads. Yeah, there's legal downloads. I wouldn't know much about it. Yeah, if you go to Switch's website, you can also get it on YouTube. There's an audio book of him himself. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of audio on YouTube. That's if you don't want to take any like chemical uh, sleeping tablets. Yeah, if you want to listen to that conversation, read The Twelfth Planet for like four minutes at a time every night you go to sleep for three years. (laughs) 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 So, uh, thanks very much for listening. We've been those conspiracy guys. I'm Gordon. I'm Eamon. I'm Paul. And we'll see you next time. Oh, we're back, motherfuckers. Yeah, boy. boy.